This is Jocko Podcast number 96 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. And we are going to roll right into some Q&A from people of the interwebs. Yes. Well, they're not actually of the interwebs. They're from around the world. Everyday life, but through the interwebs. Is where we receive questions. Yeah. Cool. Yes. It's been a while, right, since Q&A? It has been a while since Q&A. That's cool. All right. Well, first question. Recently, at my job, we got a new supervisor, one who happens to be retired Army after 20 years. He and I had a pretty heavy run-in, to which resulted in getting HR involved. The end result was that I would not be written up for what he claimed I was doing. He tried to make an example out of me almost as soon as he got here, assuming I was easy to he, he assumed I was an easy target. Anyways, to the point. Even though he and I had a falling out, I'd still like to see the guy succeed at his job and become a great leader. After listening to your podcast over the last month, I'm I'm making an effort to improve our relationship at this job instead of just avoiding the man. I've rec- I've recently purchased your book Extreme Ownership. How would you suggest I present this book to my new supervisor and read or to read without him feeling as if I'm belittling him as to say he needs work on his leadership? I think he could benefit from it greatly. Good question. Yeah, it's it's actually a question I've answered on here before, but I'll answer it again because I even learn when I repeat. Sure. This is my latest Version of what I tell people updated. when they're in the situation. Yeah, yeah. updated version because sure. you get better at things and yeah. you figure out better ways to overcome challenges Agreed. Especially when you're presented with the same challenge over and over again, which I kind of am Yeah, man. Some challenges like this one. Sure. So here's what here's what you do. You give it to them and you say you know, hey boss or hey person hey, I got this book and I'm trying to really emulate the principles that are in this book. It, it really hit me. And I would I was wondering if I could ask you a favor, if you could just look through this book, kind of see what the principles are, and then if you see me falling out of line with the principles that are in this book, let me know so I can fix them. Basic things, like if I'm not taking ownership of problems, if I'm, if I'm not keeping things simple, if I'm not supporting other people around me, covering and moving for them, just let me know. That's all I'm asking because I'm, I'm really trying to do a better job. Could you do that for me? So then the person says, well, yeah, okay, fine. You know, and then they read the book. Mm-hmm. And when they read the book, sure, there's a chance that they'll be thinking like, oh, this book is about everyone else and it's not about me. Right. Right. That's possible. Mm-hmm. There is also a chance, a, a higher chance that they read the book and go, oof. I, I make a lot of excuses and I blame other people all the time. I'm probably not doing a great job as a leader. And that might be subconscious. I see that sometimes now where people are subconsciously making adjustments mm-hmm. because they don't want to admit that they're the person that's that, that the problem. They don't right, want right. to admit that they're the problem, so they make these little adjustments kind of subconsciously. Yeah. And other people will tell me that the boss is like changing. Oh, yeah, they're, they're changing their game. Mm-hmm. They won't admit it. But they are changing their game, so that's what you hope for: is that they do they go through that trans that transformation from, you know, not taking ownership and treating people bad and not trying to build relationships and all that stuff that yeah. makes them into a bad leader into taking ownership, building relationships, covering, moving, keeping things simple, all the stuff that makes you a good leader. Yeah. That's what the hope is. Now, there's also a chance that this person's going to hold a grudge. 
Mm. Right. We, we, we got to deal with that. And I'll tell you, I was recently talking to someone that had stepped on the toes of another biz, another division inside their business, mm-hmm. another sales division. And you know, salespeople are sort of known for being uh, protective and aggressive, look, protective mm-hmm. of their territory. Well, this guy kind of stepped into their territory a little bit, oh. caused, caused some bad, bad vibes, giant rift. And he's like, you know, what should I do? You know, I, I feel like all this animosity now. And it's one of those times where I just said to myself, well, what would I actually do if I was in that situation? How would I try and get this problem solved? Well, what I would do is walk up to the person who I stepped into their territory and caused problems, and I'd say, hey, hey, I wanted to tell you, I, I totally was out of line when I stepped into your territory. That, that was completely my fault. And, you know, I was just got target fixation, which is bad. I didn't talk to you, which is bad. I stepped into your world, which is bad. And I left the, a disaster. And I, I'm sorry. That's that all that stuff. Everything that I just said, all my fault. Mm-hmm. And I want to let you know that I completely recognize it. And number one, anything I can do to try and redeem that and, and make it up and make you realize that and anything I can do to support and help you move forward. I, I don't I will not let that happen again. I just want to let you know that. So boom, just step up, be humble, apologize and say, hey, can you what can I do to help you? What can I do to support you? That's where I would go with these with this question and then a sort of a, a an addition to that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, you know when you when you give your boss the book, right? And be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." Is that kind of like when you when you get, you know, like if someone has bad bad breath and then you put in gum, you know? Y- yeah. You eat some yeah, gum yeah. and you say, "Hey, you want some gum?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same thing. That's very similar. You just break mm-hmm. out the gum. You know, I always like to do this, you know, just to make sure. I always like to have a piece of gum just to make sure, you know. Yeah. Not yeah, offend- yeah. Oh, you want one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you can have. Yeah. You might want to take two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, check. Because you think you're like, oh wait, yeah, shoot. What if I had bad breath? And oh, let me let me handle this before anyone can smell it. You know? Check. Oh, I, you know that just reminded me because I laughed. Sure. It just reminded me of two things I just saw on the on the interwebs. One was a person that said something negative about about the podcast or the book, and he said, look, look this guy should just smile. He doesn't. He never smiles in anything. And someone, of course, was like, "Dude, you might want to listen to his podcast because he laughs a lot." And then someone else said, "This guy should just pick up a guitar. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything about freedom." <laughs> and someone else got on and said, "He does play guitar." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Haters, not not do a little fact checking with yeah, your hate. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Uh huh. If you want to throw some hate around, just do a little a little fact checking. Because yeah. we're over here laughing. Yeah. We're playing the get box from time to time. <laughs> That's what you call it, the get box? The get box. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, by the way. you, you got to be old school on that <laughs> one. <laughs> All, right. All right, next question. Jacob, do you still respect people without discipline? Interesting. Okay, so first of all, my baseline mm-hmm. as a person is to respect people. Yeah. That's my baseline. Now, that is not the same as something we've talked out bef- about before, which is that doesn't mean I expect a lot from them, okay? You, right. you see the big difference there? Yes. I respect people, hey, I respect you, I respect what you're doing. That doesn't mean I expect that you're gonna be humble or you're gonna be hardworking or you're gonna be brave or you're gonna even be a slightly de- decent human being. I don't expect any of that, but, but I, and let me, let me phrase this carefully, that doesn't mean I don't treat them 
with respect. Now, you notice I just changed this. Yes. It's not just about I actually respect you. It's I'm going to treat you with respect. There's a big difference, right? right? right. Yes. I'm going to res- I'm going to treat everyone with respect. But as far as actually respecting someone, um no no, I'm not just automatically respecting people. Now I'll treat them with respect because I don't know who they are. I don't know what struggles they've had in their life. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know that, so I'm going to treat them with respect. And it's very similar, like a jujitsu perspective. It, you don't know, okay, jujitsu perspective, no gi, right? Yeah. You don't know how good right. someone is. No belt, yeah. You, you don't, you don't. And and this is another thing. When you, when you know how good someone is, and let's say you're better than them, if you really understand jujitsu, you realize that you're better than them because you've been training longer, yeah. fundamentally, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, are there some people that are just amazing athletes? Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, but 98% of the people, you've just been training longer than them, yeah. or you just were born a lot bigger than them, or yeah. a lot stronger than them, but you look at them and say, you know what, if this person, had, if we flip this around, and this person been training longer, I'd be the one getting crushed. Right. So, there's that. Now. So, so yes, I treat people with respect, and my my attitude is generally to say, look, I don't know what they've been through, so I'm gonna I'm gonna treat them that way. Now, that being said, when someone just throws away their potential because they lack discipline, that kind of bothers me. I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't respect them, but I am definitely disappointed. And in conditions where there is a gross lack of discipline, just a gross lack of discipline, mm-hmm. I do move beyond just mere disappointment and I do get into the realm of I do not respect that person mm. because they lack discipline. So, there you go. So it's like a respect meter kind of thing and you're starting at the baseline yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I always start with treating everyone with respect. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna treat everyone with respect. Yeah. And if you don't, you don't know who you're disrespecting. Yeah. Right? Who yeah. are you disrespecting? I mean, you could be disrespecting. First of all, you could be disrespecting someone that is been through a lot that maybe you should learn from. Mm-hmm. You could be, you know, you're walking down the street and you disrespect. You could disrespect someone that's a psychopath with a gun. Yeah. And now you're in a shootout with them. People are getting, you know, I mean, you're probably going to win if you train hard. <laughs> But still, Probably. yeah, innocence might be you know yeah, bystanders. You, you don't, just don't know who you're, you just don't know who people are. Yeah, and that's yeah, a for, good lesson to learn from yeah. jujitsu, man. You don't know how good people are. You don't know well, not just not just how well they train, but what have they been through that day? Yeah, in their life. Yeah, you know, you meet some people on the wrong day, and that could be really a real problem. Yeah, so just yeah, be careful. And you know what's funny? I was thinking about this. That being said, mm-hmm. my uh, my buddy from Scotland, his name is Colin, and he sent me a text the other day and he was listening to the podcast and he's a very avid listener of the podcast and he said he said finally after 94 podcasts i understand what that being said means uh-huh. and he's right he said that being said is basically the verbalization of the dichotomy of leadership and of life and sure. of things yeah, <laughs> and yeah. of the world because that me that being said is when you recognize that one side of things mm-hmm. is balanced by another side of things yeah and, and it's true in, in everything there is right? right like you could say jujitsu is the best martial art 
That being said, if someone wrestled in college and they're 262 pounds and you're 145 pounds, it's going to be problematic for you. (laughs) And you could say it about leadership. Hey, it's good to be aggressive and assertive. That Mm -hmm. being said, if you're overly aggressive, no one's going to want to work for you. So it it applies across the board. It's those opposing forces. So I think it's a good tool Mm -hmm. to use when you think about things. What is the other side of the argument what is the other side of the situation yeah and knowing and and studying the other side will make you understand everything better yeah yeah that being said it can be very difficult to understand anything <laughs> very <fully>. hard <laughs> that's life really right so the no expectation and i think we talk i know we talked about this before but you say i, I don't have any expectations that's i have different. low expect very yeah. low expectations so even low expectation people. a lot of times people will take that as like you expect low performance out of me, you know, which is different. That's different. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You are correct. So, yes. Yeah, because that essentially means that you do have expectations. They're just like negative. You know, I expect like low performance out of you. I expect you to do the wrong thing or something like that. You know? I, I ex- uh, my expectations are low. My hope is high. Yeah. I yeah. hope that you are, you know, hardworking, very diligent, squared yeah. away human being. That's so technically. So obviously, you know, the difference between expecting poor performance or just having a clean slate, no real expectations. And I'm going to take things the way they come. Obviously, you know, the difference there. So what would you call when someone says I have low expectations of you? I Sounds like they expect you to do junk. Yeah, that does. That sounds bad. I have low expectations. Right. So but when you put your hands up and say, hey, no expectations. Okay. That sounds different. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. So, so I guess so I guess can. my expectations are closer to the no expectations. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't expect negativity. Yes. But I don't expect much either. Yeah. Human beings I like to set a low bar. Right, right. And then let them and let be pl- pleasantly and be impressed. impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So it's kind of like the expectation or respect or and the respect meter is kind of at this cool acceptable baseline mm-hmm. right just mm-hmm. fundamental stuff yeah fundamental you know stuff don't like, you know whatever you yeah. know don't step on my feet on purpose the right, first time right, you meet right, me kind right. of thing and then with every little action big or small with every experience with that person the the, the meter either goes up or it goes down yeah. and it depends yeah. on the violation or the whatever the element that's going to impress you right so right. let's say someone it's weird now. You know how like so people, we get impressed by like stuff that see, it seems like you're supposed to do. Did you just say we? Because are you talking about me too? I, I think so. Okay. I don't know. That's a total assumption. But like, okay. Are you impressed with people who keep their word? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's an example. So you're supposed to keep your word. That's what your word is. You keep it. You know, that's kind of what the whole defining characteristic of so you're saying, word is. So you're saying, you're saying some other person might say, well, I just expect people right. to Right, you're word. supposed to do that. You know, I remember like how Chris Rock on his little stand-up thing, he'd be like, oh yeah, people want like credit for stuff you're supposed to do. Like he's like, I take care of my kids. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to take care of your kids, you know, kind of thing. But when you think about it, are you impressed with someone who takes good care of their kids? You kind of are, right? Mm. Yeah. But that's not to say you expect them not to though. Right. Really, it's you just, weird. You just, you just have what I'm saying, which is no expect, close leaning towards no expectations. Yes, and then when you experience it, you, you kind of fall nice. on one side of it, you know, Persons, whether it be yeah, like, yes, I'm, cool. that makes me happy. It makes me happy that you're doing what you're supposed to do. That's what it is right there, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Like when you showed up today, mm-hmm. I was happy. Wait, you, you were ahead you of time. Up? 
Well, yeah. <laughs> when I showed up and yeah. saw you here, yeah. I was happy you were here. Yeah, that's but great. you're supposed to be here. We agreed we were going to be here. Right. Right. But and I was so you, happy. Well, that's cool, I guess. What, I Maybe you're just stoked to see me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't impressed, but I was happy. Okay. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Anyway, I don't even know what you're getting the bottom to, but maybe we could do another question. Just your expectations <laughs> and respect. You know, really the whole, the, the, the meticulous and specific dynamics of that. That's what we're going for there. Okay. I think. Anyway, next question. Cool? Yeah, real cool. Jocko, <laughs> what, what do I do when one of my teammates isn't really pulling their weight? They used to be pretty good, but things have gone downhill. How can I get how can I get them to fix themselves? It is extra tricky because he's a friend of mine. Okay. Well, you got your your teammate slash friend that's not pulling their weight, and how do you get them back in the game? First thing I'm going to do, actually, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to help them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help. I'm going to take some weight off of their shoulders. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna sure. actually step in and say, oh yeah, hey Echo, you know you got that that project we're working on, and you know that little assignment you got. Hey, I gotta I gotta stay at the office a little bit late tonight. Anyways, I'm gonna knock. Just give that to me. I'll just hammer it out tonight. I'm gonna be here anyways because I gotta pick up my kids late from school. Is that mm-hmm. cool? Just take a little weight off. Sure. Just do what you can. You know, maybe just carry some. How do you know what that person's got going on at home? Yeah. Right. What are you gonna mm-hmm. jump right down their throat? And get all in their face make it worse and get things worse when actually that person has a sick kid or has a problem with their Husband or wife or whatever and now we're getting in their face and getting in their grill about it Yeah, no, I'm just gonna lean in and give them give them a hand yeah. Th- That seems like what a good teammate would do especially if the person's your friend so get in there and hopefully They'll say hey Hey, thanks. You know what? I got this problem at home or thanks. I got this health issue going on and you hey, no problem That's and guess what we just built a little relationship. We yeah. bonded a little bit tighter. Yeah. We were friends now We're even a little bit tighter friends. Yeah, yeah. so that's a positive thing now. There's also a chance of course that Well and, and to continue down that story eventually they get healthier They solve the problem at home and they get back in the game and then we're all good and guess who the next person that might need a little assistance It might be you you might be the one with a problem, with a health issue, with a sick family member or whatever. And you're the one that might have to lean on them. You want them to get in your face and start yelling at you about pulling your weight? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want them to say, hey, I, I, I got some capacity right now. Let me help you out. Yeah. Right? It's it's so clear how you want to handle that. Number one, you just want to take some ownership of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, there is also the chance that once they've come back or, or that you, you help them out and they like start looking at you and saying, oh, you know. Jocko's just going to do all my work for me. Mm. Jocko's just going to, you know, I can just lean on him. He's just going to do everything. Oh, I gave him one task. I'll give, I'll let him do this other task that I've been assigned. I'll let him do another task that I've been assigned. And if people start giving me their work to do, good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to mm-hmm. do their work. Yeah. I'm going to do their work. And if they want me to do all their work, I'll do all their work, and eventually they won't have a job anymore. Mm. And then I'll take their job. And then I'll have I'll get promoted and I'll hire more people that are gonna do the right thing and get after it right so that's okay when some when somebody wants to put themselves on report for being lazy mm. by allowing you to do work their work for them yeah. allow them to fill out that report in full <laughs> detail <laughs> 
And uh, and the other thing is, so then do you do you jump up and down and say, look, I'm doing Echo's job. Look, I'm doing. No, 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 no. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't need to do that. You may want to do it because you feel like you need to do it, but you don't. Sure. You, you, the recognition will come. You just need to be patient. Of course, on top of all this, there is some indirect coaching that you can do to try and get them up to speed, you know, as opposed to saying, you're screwed up, Echo. Instead, you say, hey, Echo, I got some extra capacity with what's going on. Is there anything I can do to help you out? You know, is there any support that you need? Because I know you, you're, this part of the task is a little bit bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is there anything I can do to help you get the job done? Mm-hmm. You need any support from me? Because I'm, I'm actually elevating you a little bit by saying your task is harder right, and more challenging right. and bigger and more important. Mm-hmm. Or you can also say, hey, is there anything we should we need from the boss to to help us down here? Any support that we should get from up the chain of command? Because I think if we go to the unified front, we could get some help. I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good about my area of responsibilities, but are you feeling good about yours? Because if not, maybe you need some more support. We could get it from you if we go to the boss as a unified front and make it happen. Mm. And then you say, oh, yeah, well, you know what? I got this, and I need another person, or I need some more man hours, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. We get you moving in the right direction. And that's it. What if they're just slacking? They're just slacking. Cool. Let them slack. Same thing. Yeah, let them slack. There's also there's also a thing where a lot of times when I come and take your work from you, if you're not just a, a turd, you'll be like, yeah. you're like, hey, you know, Jocko, yeah, you, yeah, hey, you did this it. last week. I got it, man. Yeah, it's no problem. It's true. You, you, you as a human being will feel like you're not carrying the weight for the tribe. Yeah. And when human beings feel like they're not carrying the weight for the tribe, they they want to help. Yeah. They they feel like they're not going to get their their piece of meat. Yeah, right, yeah. so they want to help out. Yeah. You, you, you ever seen that? You know, your that's what your mom used to do to you when you were a kid. Just they just be cleaning it, you something, yeah. and you go, you feel like okay, I need to help. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Or you'll see, you know, your wife. My wife will do that to you. Yeah, yeah, she'll do that to me all the time. Actually, every single time. So you know how like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Saturday comes. You know, we don't have any plans on Saturday, mm-hmm. so I'm cruising. And my wife starts taking on this kind of big cleaning project, Mm -hmm. the garage, Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. Garage in my case. And then she'll kind of walk and she'll be like, hey, um, you know. What do you want me to do with this thing that I found (laughs) in the back corner of the garage? What do you want me to do with this? And then three minutes later, she's back. What do you want me to do with this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah, of course, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But as far as the example for this, the comparison is she'll be like, hey, can you clean out this whole thing right here? And I'll be like, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, like I didn't really plan on that whole big project right now, so you know, maybe I'm kind of doing this unimportant thing or mm-hmm. whatever. I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it in a few minutes, but then I'll see her doing it. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then you doing my work. About oh, all right, I got to do it. I can't let her do my job because it's kind of my job now. Yeah. Well, one time my wife on the opposite end of the spectrum, we were planning to redo my backyard a little bit, sure. and we were going to put in like a five foot retaining wall with you know concrete block and sure. dig a foundation and all that and then re-backfill the soil to fill it up to the level of the five foot retaining wall and so i kind of talked about my wife with you know i was going to you know hey this is what we're going to do we're going to build this retaining wall we'll put some steps here or then it'll be good we can backfill we'll have a level yard it'll be really nice and yep. so so then like on a sunday at like one o'clock in the afternoon She's like, why, why don't you build that retaining wall today? <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, well, you know, it's a little late in the day to, for me to start that project yeah. right now. Why? You got to get it all done. Because this was like day. a nine-day project. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why. Oh, she wanted you to build it right yeah. then and there. Hey, yeah. what are you doing this afternoon? If you're not yeah. doing anything, how about you build a five-foot concrete block retaining wall over here with yeah. drainage and then backfill and put yeah. sod down? That sounds like something you could do in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Hurry up, Unless too. you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. Like I'm not talking that good into my microphone. Whichever. Jocko, I'm a high school teacher. I consider myself the leader in the classroom. How do I demonstrate extreme ownership in the classroom? For example, one of my students misbehaves. How do I take extreme ownership of their behavior? Okay, one way to do this, and... I do this with my kids. I did it with my platoon guys back in the day. Do it with jujitsu kids, whoever. And what you do is you do exactly what you're saying you want to do, which is you take ownership. So what that means is you take ownership of their behavior. So when something goes, when the kid's misbehaving, you say, hey, what am I not making clear to you? that you continue to act like this because obviously I must be doing something wrong because I'm the teacher and you're in here acting like an idiot and disrupting everything. What am I not doing well? How could I convey this message to you that, that you shouldn't act like that? And not only that, but how can I better make you understand that what you do right now is going to affect and impact the rest of your whole life? Because I want you, I'm supposed to convey that to you as a person that if you get engaged in class, you're gonna have a more successful and better life, and that's what my kind of goal is. And so what I wanna know is how I can better explain to you that your behavior while you're in here, from classroom attendance to having big outbursts to skipping class to not turning in your homework to failing tests, all those behaviors that you kinda display on a regular basis, I, I need to find a better way to explain to you that the way you are acting right now will absolutely dictate where you're going to be in the future. And, it, and by the way, it's not a positive thing. It's not a positive thing at all. Your life is going in the wrong direction. And as a teacher, I'm supposed to move it in the right direction. So what do you think I could do better to help you understand that? So... There we go. That's 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 one method. And by the way, I've used that with my kids too. That's a very effective method uh, for parenting. Hmm. Is isn't why did you not clean your room? It's how did I fail as a father to it, to make you understand that basic fundamental hygiene is a positive thing. Mm-hmm. How, where did I where did I fail? Um, and that's actually the cleaning room example isn't a great one, but when it's something a little bit more um, severe than that, something like when they really do something that's that's outside the lines, right? Mm-hmm. And you say instead of saying you know you went outside the lines, you're messed up. Instead, you say, "I'm sorry that I couldn't convey to you the importance of these lines and why we don't go out them." And now, now, now I'm looking at you and I'm thinking. I don't know what mistakes I made, and I let you down as a, as a father, because mm. clearly you don't understand the boundaries of of what is good and what is bad. 
and I feel like I let you down. And that, for my kids, provokes a better reaction than you, that you screwed up. Yeah, yeah. You screwed up. Um, now, going on, the other thing you can do here is you can explain how their behavior affects and impacts everyone else in the class. And that you, as the teacher, is not only responsible for their behavior, which you are, but you're also responsible for teaching every single person in the class. And, and that you own that. You own the education of these other kids and that you're not gonna let one kid destroy the experience for everyone else because that is not fair and you will not do it. I'm not gonna let that happen. I'm not gonna let you come in here and impact all these other kids with your negativity and your bad behavior. Mm. These kids are here to learn. They actually wanna do something with their lives. They wanna take over and dominate. They wanna win. And I'm looking at you, and I think you must want to lose because that's where, that's where you're heading. That's what you want to do is lose in life because these other kids, they want to win. So I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let them lose because you want to lose. If you want to lose, you can go do it on your own time in the principal's office. And then you maybe you have to kick them out of class. Maybe you have to suspend them for, or whatever. And... I think that then you have to let people understand that just like you take ownership, they should take ownership of their lives, right? That's mm. a fundamental thing that you're getting at. And lastly, and this is something that I think is very hard for young kids to understand. Uh, young kids meaning the ages between like 15 and 20. 25. Maybe even 25. Some kids get it earlier, <clears throat> you know? Mm. Some kids understand it earlier. but. Understanding this thread of this this thread of the passage of your life and yeah. that the way that you act right now yeah. Affects the where you're gonna be in a week in a month a year in five years and in ten years and yeah. kids do not understand that they do not understand it. I didn't understand it when I was yeah. 10 12 15 18 30 <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I think I think actually, what, one of the things, one of the best things for me, is that when you join the military, they they show you that thread, and it's very clear. They're like, hey, you do this, and you get promoted. You do this, and you get advanced. You get this, and you get your paycheck. You get this. Oh, and you do this other thing, you don't get a paycheck. You didn't do this other thing, you go to the brig. Yeah. You do this other thing, and you'll you'll won't make it through SEAL training. Yeah. So. You know, that was for me, I shouldn't have said get promoted because for me it was get to SEAL training and get through SEAL training. I didn't care about getting promoted. I never did. But to get, when I was 18 years old, to get to SEAL training Mm -hmm. and to get through SEAL training, that was a crystal clear path for me. And I saw it, and as soon as I saw it, I said, okay, I will not veer off that path. What they tell me to do, I'll do. Now, there's nothing that's that solid for a civilian. Right for a civilian to say, okay, if you do this right now, you're going to get into this college. Yeah. If you get into this college and you get these kind of grades, you're going to get this kind of job. There's no real clear path like that, and so it's harder to draw that thread for people. But I think you can do it. I think you can show examples of 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 where you end up in the societal structure based on your behavior as a teenage person, a teenage human. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Just straight up, that's just going to be hard for a teacher because because of the time constraints, like that, or the time limitations you have with the with the kid. Yeah, I think one thing that is I've done with with my kids is 
I look at other human beings in the world with them Mm -hmm. and I explain to them that that's a person That's a person. I was talking about this with my son. It left such an impact on him Yesterday we were down at the beach early morning one time years ago. He was probably Probably eight years old. Mm. We were going surfing waves were good by the way. It was a big day. Hell yeah, we got done and so now it's 7 8 o'clock in the morning and there's a guy that's a obvious drug induced state of mayhem and he's got five cops and they get him down and we're watching this whole thing and he's yelling swearing and they they put a spit bag on his head so he's just full-on crazy and you know my son saying what is that dad you know it's like oh that's a spit bag so that this guy doesn't spit on these police officers that are down here doing their job and you know, I said, this is what happens when you go on drugs. This is where you end up. Yeah. You end up with no shirt on, one shoe, a ripped jeans. You you have a spit bag on your head. You're handcuffed, and you're going to jail. Mm-hmm. That that's where you end up. That's where the path leads. So, don't do those things. Don't don't start down that path. And it's the same thing, you know. I was with my daughter, and we saw. What did we see? I was pointing out to her again someone a woman that clearly didn't have a place to live Um, you know she was a homeless person and I you know walking with my daughter and we see the woman with the shopping cart and it's filled with you know stuff you know crap and sleeping bags and cans and whatever clearly a homeless person but was weird and the reason I specifically point out was because she looked somewhat you know somewhat normal and yet you could tell that she was not doing well mm-hmm. and so you know I said to my daughter I said what do you think of of that person and she says I don't know what do you mean and I said well do you think that person wants to be there and she said well well no and I said well how do you think she ended up there and she said I don't know and I said you know I don't know I don't know either but that's a real person and when she goes to bed tonight, she's going to be underneath a bridge somewhere. She's going to be cold. She's going to be wet. She's going to be miserable. And that is how, that's her life. That's where she ended up. So some choices that she made along the way may have contributed to that. And what I'm saying to you is make choices that will contribute to you not ending up in that position. Because those people that you see that are homeless, that are addicted to drugs, those people are actually people and you can it's very easy to view them as oh I can never be there they're not they're a different species than me they're not mm. that's I guess that's the that's the point of my story yeah. is that it's really easy for people to look at other people and think that's not I could yeah. never be there that yeah. could not happen to me yeah. and my point to my kids is oh yes it can yeah. If you make the wrong choices, hey, you know what? You, it could be bad luck. Sure, it could be bad luck. It can be bad luck. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, it's decision making. Bad decision making gets you in bad situations. And by the way, people that go off the path and, and then they say, you know what? I screwed up. I did the wrong thing and I'm gonna now fix it that's you don't see people like that that are homeless you don't see people like that that are addicted to drugs because they take responsibility and they say okay yeah. I made this mistake I didn't do the right things 
I need to get fixed and they fix it whereas someone that says oh it's my parents fault and it's my boyfriend's fault and it's Mm -hmm. my girlfriend's fault and it's my old boss's fault and it's my pushers fault and whoever you want to blame it's if it's not your fault you don't have you don't fix the problem you don't take ownership of the problem you don't fix it on a personal level and that's problematic yeah your parents were teachers huh yes both teachers yeah makes there's a lot of it seems like there's a lot of similarities with teachers and then parents right because it's both like you're both trying to guide these young minds oh by the way kids teenagers whatever yeah they can't really have you know i say they don't understand the correlation between like their actions now and whatever they they kind of can't because that part of their brain isn't developed yet it's the front part Okay. Frontal, whatever. Let's we'll call it the front part. That's the sounds front technical. part. <laughs> it's a medical term, but it tends to, on average or whatever, develop by age twenty-five. That's why I said oh, twenty-five. Okay. So that's typically, you know, give or take when it when it's done developing. So yeah, before that, and it's basically the decision making. Like, okay, what I just what you said. What I do now affects the future. And you know how like now you're like, oh, when you do something, you can almost feel the payoff in the future. It's almost yes, like that. Yes. You understand it now. Back then you couldn't. That's why these colleges, when you go to college at 18 or 17 in my case, they all, all these credit card, little credit card pushers, they'll just post up outside of your dorm room <laughs> and be like, hey, un, in unsecured, I don't even know what unsecured means, by the way, at this time, uh, $300 limit, just credits, free money, it's free money. That's how they do All you got to do is fill out this thing. And everyone, of course, of course, I don't know what that means. I'll pay it back way later. So they get you like that. But nonetheless, um, yeah, so they don't have that part of their brain. They, they don't know. Yeah. So the, the answer is, and I'm, I'm kind of drawing from my childhood so I had these two teachers, right? One teacher, his name was Mr. Tokita, Japanese guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like a little samurai ninja guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't really talk that much, like outside of the classroom. And when he'd talk in the classroom, it was all deliberate stuff. There was mm-hmm. no small talk. It was really rigid. We had a quiz every single Friday, every single Friday. Ten questions. Real short quiz about the week stuff. Mm-hmm. His little lecture on the board was like boom, 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 boom. I think he'd even underline the key points, you know, so you'd know. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was no like, hey, read this and I'm going to no test mi- you. No on mystery. It. No mystery. This is what you're going to be testing. He underlined the key points and you got to know those key points at the end of the week. Test every week. Boom, you take or quiz. It's a quiz. Then there's a test on all the stuff, right. whatever. But you were not ill-equipped for these tests. You knew. As long as you were showing up, paying attention, you knew. So either you did it or you didn't do it, you know? So it was, and there was no like, hey, guys, nothing like, you You knew what to expect. This guy was so consistent with every every little thing. Mm-hmm. All the way down to the point that, like, if you call him Tokita, because sometimes that's how, you know, when you get real chummy with the, with the teachers, just in general, if you're that kind of person, mm-hmm. you won't say Mr. or Mrs., mm-hmm. right? So some every once in a while you'd be like, hey, um, I don't know, Smith, we'll just say if the teacher's name was Mrs. Smith. He'd be like, hey, Smith. And, you know, it's, it's a kind of chummy relationship. So one time, I forget who it was. Might have been this girl, Cressy. Anyway, he goes, oh, Tokita, because she liked him. I mean, he was a likable guy. That's the thing. But <laughs> um, but just really consistent and rigid like a ninja or something. And they were like, hey, Tokita, um, and ask a question. And he didn't get mad. Nothing like that. He just answers the question. Real stoic, this answers the question. And as he's 
shuffling his papers like this, just real, like, this guy was so cold, cold, cold as ice guy. He goes like this. Boom, he answers the question, and he goes, and that's Mr. Tokita. And then he just continues mm-hmm. on, right? And everyone's like, dang, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> but anyway, I did the best in that class because... It was one of those things that it was so consistent. Like right. there was no room for slack. If if you slacked off, it was really apparent. Discipline equals freedom. Yeah, you know. But he wasn't the kind like he wouldn't yell no, at you. It, you it, it wasn't that. I don't yell. Yeah. So discipline equals freedom. You don't need yeah. to yell when, but, when people understand expectations. Yeah. You don't need to yell. And the thing, and you're like this too, where you're real consistent. That's the thing too. Because you know how sometimes let's say you're real rigid one week and then the next. Oh week. yeah, that's bad. Or let's say you're you're really rigid like the whole year. And then, I don't know, you're not, you're feeling, I don't know, you're hungover or something. I don't know, you partied or something. You come to class, as the teacher, by the way, um, and then you're not as rigid that day. Oh, there's the little, there's the little chink in your, in your armor there. And they'll kind of start to exploit it, these kids. Which brings me to my second teacher. I'm not going to say his name. He was in seventh grade, though, where this guy was just all over the place. Super easy to take advantage of this guy. He was a music teacher. Wait, was he a music, music teacher? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I forget. But... Super easy to take advantage of this guy. The kind like he'd lose his cool all the time. And, you know, it was just funny to see him react a lot of the time. Right. And he, the thing is, he didn't start like that. He started just super nice. Just right. like, hey, the kind like people would run over him and he'd be like, hey, you know, you, we don't have to. He was just super nice, but he wasn't consistent with anything. Then after a while, I think it was after like a few years. Um, I hear that he's like really mean now. Yeah. Like he loses his temper all the time. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? It goes goes back to just discipline equals freedom, right? And if you would have held the line in the beginning and said, no, no, you don't act like that in here. Stop. Then if you would have stopped at the minimal or at this small action that was bad, this, mm-hmm. this small bad behavior, if he tightened that up, then it would never get to bid. Then he doesn't have to lose his temper and get crazy. Yeah. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a positive guy. And he had yeah. the highest hopes and expectations <laughs> going back to the earlier subject. Like. He had the really high hopes that everyone's yeah. just going to be in here to, to learn and, and open their minds. And, yeah. and it's like, no, these kids are in here to shoot spitballs yeah. and stick pencils into the back of the person sitting in front of them. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. that's, that's sort of it. Exactly, yeah. That's sort of it. And yeah. when you realize that, then you don't allow that minimal behavior, and then they just don't get totally out of control. Yeah. Man, that's... Hard, it, hard work being a teacher. Very much so. Very much so, because, again, like, because it goes back to that thing, man, where where you only have, like, what, an hour or something mm, with the 45 kid, minutes, day, man. Yeah, in a day. Yeah. And that's only for, like, five days maximum for the week. Sometimes less, you know, if you've got holidays or whatever. And then they go home or wherever, and then they get their influences, you know, boom, boom, as they grow up. Then they come back to your class with all that influence. Yeah. And it's like, what? What now? You know? And you got to kind of find a way as a teacher, not only to, like, get through to them just person to person, but you got to get them all this material. And if they don't like that material, oh, man, that's yet another task, you know. So, again, man, if you have that that structure in place and it's consistent and they know what to expect, that's going to help because they have this scaffolding. They don't know how to make decisions. You know, I got asked uh, one time by a teacher, it's kind of a similar question, you know, I've done everything to get through to this person. They're just not not getting in the game. What do I do now? And I was like, well, try a different way. Try try a different way. You know, you didn't get through to them that way. Try it a different way. Mm-hmm. How can you get through to them? Now, just like as a boss, as a leader, as a platoon commander, 
if you've tried every single possible different way and you've got someone that just cannot do it or does not want to do it and they're negatively affecting everyone else, then it's your responsibility as a leader to get rid of them. Mm. Get rid of them. And had another conversation with a teacher one time who had kicked someone out of her school for fighting. Mm. And I, I, and, and this, this person's a great person uh, and, a, and a friend of mine. She kicked someone out of the school. And we met at a, at a dinner. And we were just talking. And, and I said, oh, how's everything going? She goes, well, you know, I just kicked this person out of school. And I was like, oh, what's the situation? And she said, well, you know, it's this guy, this kid. And... He's been a good kid. He doesn't come from a great home, but he got into a fight and he hit another kid. And I just have no, we can't have that at school at all. And so me being a jerk, I was like, oh, so you just destroyed his, his life basically. And she, and you know, and she's like, what do you mean? I go, well, if the kid doesn't have much of a home and he's not coming from a great family, the only thing he has is your school. And if you don't allow him in school, now you kicked him out. Where's he going to end up? I go, did you, did you already open up a space for him in prison somewhere? Because that's where he's heading. And I was just, I was, I was being a total jerk, but I didn't really realize that until I saw her like getting emotional and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and so then we had the conversation and what was great was we talked and, and we went through this conversation and because what I was saying, even though I was being a jerk about it, even though I was being kind of, I don't know, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was just being really, uh, really offensive because she's a friend, you know, and we, I, that's just sure. how I yeah. am. We're like one of your SEAL team buddies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Treating her like another SEAL. But then we talked and I said, look, but even though I'm, I, I don't mean to be a jerk, I'm, I'm, I'm telling like what I believe to be the truth. Cracking, but you you have a great school. You have this great opportunity for these kids and this kid who has been well behaved was oh and this was the other critical part the kid that he got in a fight with the kid that he punched he sucker punched the guy not sucker punch but through the first punch mm. the other kid was the class jerk the class picking on people and always misbehaving that kid didn't get kicked out of the school he wasn't going to get kicked out of the school because he didn't actually get involved in the physical violence yeah and and so then and I told her that too I said look you got one kid that he finally broke mentally and you got another kid that just knows how to push people's buttons and he wanted him to hit him mm-hmm. and now you're kicking the kid out that actually probably should have done what he did he, that kid probably deserved to get punched in the face yep. and and anyways after this long conversation you know she went back and the other the other key little thing that we talked about was i i said it's okay for you as the leader to say hey look i made a mistake mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not kicking him out of the school. You know why? Because this other kid acted like a jerk. This other kid harassed him. This other kid did these other kid things. And this child has been a well-behaved child, and he lost his temper, and that's human, and we're going to keep him in the school. And she did that. Mm-hmm. So my point is it's, it's a hard job. Yeah. And yeah, that's my point. Big time. Man, and that's and that's another yet another thing that I think we got to balance this in regular society, too. But it's so this kid. Right. For example, your example where the kid punched a guy. So, boom, we have this incident. So what do you do, though? Right. It's like that's a problem. If you in as far as problem solving goes, you don't punish the kid. You evaluate what happened and then you essentially help the kid so he doesn't punch anyone. Right. Like some people, they're like, hey, we got to punch this kid somehow, give him detention or right. something. Right. And does that solve the problem? Mm, maybe, know? yeah, maybe we actually teach someone to control their emotions. Exactly right. Like, why'd you punch him? Oh, by because way, this guy did this. Okay, there's another problem, by the way. 
So we got to teach this yes. kid to yeah. stop messing around right. in that way, you know, and right. then we got to teach this kid, okay, if you get, do get messed around. You're with. right. And sometimes the only way some kids learn a lesson is by being severely punished, kicked out of a school, whatever, you yeah. know, expelled or something like that. Yes. But most cases, what most cases, what does that really teach them? That, that, that school doesn't care about them. Right. So 100%. that's a tough situation. You know, interestingly, in Way of the Warrior Kid, the the next book that's coming out, sure. the whole, and I'm not going to give the whole story away, but the, the opening chapter, young Mark is in the principal's office. And he's in the principal's office because he threw a paper mache pumpkin at another kid's head. Yep. Why did he do it? Because he was frustrated, because he got mad, because the kid was picking on him continually, uh, verbalizing verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mark just got mad and he hucked a paper mache pumpkin <laughs> at the kid's head. It yep. bounced off the kid's head and hit and hit Miss Carpenter right in the face, too. <laughs> so he got sent to the office. But, yeah. anyways, and, but the point is where I, what, the reason yeah. I did that is because kids that are 11 years old, they still lose their temper. They haven't learned to control their temper yet. And so one of the themes in the new Warrior Kid book is that a warrior has to learn to control their temper and control their emotions. Yeah. The lessons that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Interestingly enough. So thanks to the teachers out there. Big time, man. Because, man, as a teacher, and I have never been a teacher, obviously, but, (laughs) I mean, just even halfway imagining it, man, you kind of care about, like, these kids, but you care about them all. So, and then you have all this, the whole spectrum of them. You have the kid who's like... Ooh, the teacher's pet. As far as the other kids yeah. are concerned, but meanwhile, you love that kid because man, he's picking up what you're putting down, and he's listening, and he's giving you apples and whatnot. Then you have on the other side, you have the one that that won't listen to anything, disrupting yeah. your class, you yeah. know. But you want that kid, like of course you want to leave you, like stop messing up my whole thing. But you want but, him to be successful, yeah, man. Because like when you, you know how you teach someone something and you see him use it. Oh man, that's the best. As any kind of teaching <laughs> capacity that you know, as far as the role that you play, like in jujitsu or something like yeah. that, even like another adult, because yeah. it's all the same, right? Actually, I, I think kids. Well, there's like there's more. a fundamental human characteristic, I believe, that makes you want to help other people. Yeah, feels it's good. like your feels influence, like living on or something. yeah, something like I don't that. Know. Maybe, but man, so it's like this, it's like yet that's yet another thing you got to deal with as a teacher, you know, because you're committed, man. It's like, it's true. Tell. Anyway, next question. Next question. I'm a firefighter. Speaking of which, I'm a fighter firefighter in Australia, and in the time I've been in this job, I've been in several jobs that were very challenging. I've entered burning homes to extinguish fires and search for residents and their pets. I've searched for victims during times of flood and helped people evacuate their homes in times of natural disasters. I've attended car crashes and cut victims from vehicles and pulled deceased people from others. I also know that I'm not alone. I am aware of the fact that while I've been doing this, countless firefighters around the globe who are thousands of times braver than me and have done things that the vast majority of the population would not be capable of and that doesn't even acknowledge the courage of our police and paramedics and our military who step up day after day to do what has to be done because of if not me, then who? My question is this. How do you suggest those in the front line deal with the trivial issues at home? I attended a very severe car accident, a head-on collision with a school bus full of children and another car. Thankful, thankfully, all the children in the school bus were okay, but it took us three hours to cut the driver from the car. 
and she had very serious injuries and was airlifted to a hospital. When I got home that night, I was confronted by an upset girlfriend who wanted to talk about some extra, extraordinarily trivial issue, which I struggled to listen to. The whole time she was talking, I just kept thinking about the job and making sure I'd, I'd done everything I possibly could have for the driver. But I was also aware of the fact that my fiance's problems are important to her. So I need to be supportive. I listened for as long as I could. <laughs> I listened for as long as I could. Then, unfortunately, I just said, your day could have been a lot worse. No one spent three hours cutting you out of a car. So be thankful. I know I can't be alone on this. I know police, paramedics, and the military would be suffering the same thing. How do you suggest is the best way to deal with this? Check. So, it was always, always my goal to protect my family from darkness and evil in the world. Mm. That includes these kind of things. You want to shield them from this. Now, this doesn't mean to keep them oblivious. You don't want them thinking that the, the world that you've created for them that's well protected and secure. You don't want them thinking that that's the way the whole world is. You don't want them thinking that. But I sure didn't throw this kind of stuff at my family on a regular basis. But I took pride, and I think that that's the answer here. Take pride in letting your family or your loved ones live in worlds where their trivial issues are the most important thing in their world, the most impactful thing in the world for them okay so that's that's number one and if you get yourself a little bit of of satisfaction every time your your significant other complains that um, you know the the ice machine isn't really working up to full speed it's really horrible Mm-hmm. Right, you yeah. should you should be proud. Think to yourself, yeah. Well, you know what? Let me let me take a look at it. Yeah. Maybe there's a kink in the water line. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll try and get that thing up to speed, so you can have cold drinks, because that's where I want your world to be. Right? I want you to have plenty of ice, yeah, yeah. so for your drinks or whatever. Uh, so that's that's it. If you can if you can put your your family in that kind of a protected environment, you should be proud of it. And you should be, and the way they integrate that to you, they don't say, "Hey, thank you for letting me live in a protected environment." They don't say that to you. They, yeah. they, they're in an environment they don't even know that they're in it. Yeah. The way they, the way they let you know that they're in that environment is when they, when they complain about trivial things. Yeah. So that's number one. The other thing is try and try and see things from other people's perspectives. You know, in in this case, my my wife's right. To my, my wife would say things is a big deal to her and for her it was a big deal and like I just said I wanted it to be a big deal for her and also I'll tell you what we're talking about firefighters and military and police but this goes to other non-uniformed jobs as well if if you can leave your work at work because you think some you know every job there's stresses at every job and you're out there grinding and you're in trouble with the boss or you're trying to get a project fig- figured out and you've got all the stress coming down on you or you've lost money or you've got a huge deal on the table or whatever the case may be. If you can isolate your family from that as much as you can, 
And I'm not saying it to an unhealthy level where you're just not telling them what's going on, mm. but bear the burden, man. Bear the burden of that you that you hold to protect your family. So yeah, um, that's what I think. That's what I think. We we do our best to protect our family and our loved ones from the darkness, the pressure, the stress, the evil in the world. Again, you don't make them oblivious. You don't disconnect from them in order to do that, but you shield them from it and you bear the burden yourself so that they don't have to bear it as much. Again, you don't want your kids growing up to be spoiled. You don't want your wife to be saying, if I don't get of a latte this morning, I will absolutely not even. (laughs) Right? You don't want to be married to that person. Yeah. Not even. I did that pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> one of my middle daughter is like the funniest person ever, and she can do all these crazy. I steal, I'm stealing her material right there because she'll do that. She'll yeah, say, yeah. "She'll say that is so. Oh my god, it's not even." You know, and she's kidding because she knows that there's human beings like that in the world that say not even. There's yeah. nothing at the end of it. Uh, yeah, I've completing never heard sentences. That. I think that might be something new. Oh. That's not even. You know. I've heard I can't even. Well, oh, I can't even. Oh, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Some updated. Yeah. New age. Just, just a different angle on it. <laughs> but yeah, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for doing all that hard work, man. That's um, that's awesome. I know I see firefighters, police officers, military people all the time. I hear yeah. from all the time, and yeah, try and shield your family as much as you can. Don't drag them down the down into the darkness with you. Yeah, it seems like a good way. And take pride in it. That's what I was going to exactly what I was going to say. Mm. It's like take pride in it's like embracing the role as like the captain kind of thing. Yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah, you know, wife's mad about, you know, they put cream in her coffee and she asked for nonfat milk. <laughs> That's from Seinfeld, by the way. Um, and, you know, whatever. And she's pissed. And meanwhile, you know, you just pulled a lady out for three hours, by the way, mm. uh, bus and car crash head on collision. So it's you know you embrace the role. It's like okay, you know, boom, I'm dealing. Of, uh, one second I'm dealing with straight up life and death and kids and accidents and tragedy, and then one second later I'm dealing with essentially nothing. Right. But it's my wife's feelings. That's what I'm dealing with. My wife's feeling. I'm not dealing with nonfat milk versus cream. I'm not dealing with that. I'm dealing with my wife's feelings, and that's part of the job too. So you can't just be like, hey, I'm gonna do my job. One second I'm gonna do my job really good, and the next second. I'm not going to do it so good. You can't do that. Embrace the role as the guy who gets the job done, regardless of how big, how small. So so as a husband, this is where I can speak from because I've been a husband for <laughs> eight years um, successfully because I'm currently a husband too. Uh, so there be, you know how like people have little I'll have things. I'll have to check with her on <laughs> Please, please. On check how for, check for me are. too because yeah. I need that info too. Anyway, but sh- so you know how you know, people, they'll they'll tell you something and then you'll be like, wait, what did you mean by that? You're kind of offended. Like, are you like, are you kind of digging at me or something mm-hmm. like that? You know, like that kind of stuff. Even though, you know, kind of they were mm-hmm. right. Like that was a little passive aggressive little comment kind of thing. So every once in a while when I'd experience that, not to say it happens all the time, but if it ever happens, what I do to kind of combat that anger Cause bro, I'm the kind, I'm the kind where like if there's like a so issue, you're saying passive aggressive from your wife. Yes, 
and what you would do to combat the anger would be <laughs> would be I'm trying to move this story embracing along. <laughs> no it's relevant to this though and important I think it helps it okay. totally helps where I embrace the role of the, the I don't know for lack of better the captain you know embrace the role of the captain where sure she's passive aggressive whatever you know maybe I'll over time I'll start to understand more or whatever but so I am Im- Im- <laughs> Like envision myself as Superman, for, and her passive aggressive comments are bullets, and they're just bouncing off of me, just like bullets off Superman. Continue yeah, that's on cool. With my life. That's cool until the fact that if you don't react, then she's going to escalate. She wants some kind of reaction out of you. Yeah. So sometimes you have to give them some kind of reaction. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll continue to escalate. Right. To a point where you do react. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so agreed. I learned that a, long, a while ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. No reaction is is not always good right so i and i don't you gotta say you gotta say the bullet hits you and you gotta say oh that that bullet hurt oh um (laughs) yeah i I should be a little more careful when the bullets are flying around that's wow i need to be a little bit more you know careful of these bullets they can really hurt me right be careful but see how your your tone and stuff is like there's no anger there yeah yeah, 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 but so that's what i meant i meant it's just to combat the anger not the, the problem-solving thing, that's a whole other thing as far as I'm concerned. Like, if she's passive-aggressive or mad about, I don't know, because I put the dish away when it was wet and, mm. you know, before oh, yeah. I dried it or what. That's not Kill what it him. was, by the way. But I'm just saying if it's just – that's a whole different thing. So if I – anger-wise, the bullets bounce off of me, boom, I don't get angry. Then I can start addressing those issues, the ones that you're talking about. Yeah. But I mean to combat the straight-up anger. Yeah, keep your emotions in check. Yeah. Stifle them. Like her insults are <laughs> bouncing off of me like Superman. It helps check. sometimes. Most of the time. All right, next question. Jocko, I'm leading a project that involves a few of my team members and about 10 other team members from other functions. The project has high visibility in the large organization, over $10 billion in revenue, that I work for, so the pressure to execute is high. We have had some issues with cross-functional team members meeting their deliverables and keeping the, to keep the project on path, but we're pushing, sometimes dragging everyone along to make things happen. Recently, on a formal review with the leadership team, the question was asked, why is this project behind? I'm a firm believer in providing protection for your team. So my response was, there are excuses, but to be honest, they're just excuses. So we're doing everything we can to get it back on track. Trying to take the brunt of the performance miss on my shoulders. No additional comments were made in that meeting, and it ended. My boss was on the call and pulled me aside the next day and voiced his opinion that I should not hesitate to call out the lack of performance on the other functional team members. His thought is that doing so does not allow the leadership to coach, mentor, and or fix the issues correctly. I understand this logic, but I don't feel that true leaders point fingers or throw others under the bus. Your thoughts would be appreciated. Okay, so first of all, your boss has a little bit of a point, but it's but it's also there's some limitations to it. Number one, you know, our goal as a leader is to build relationships with people accomplish the mission etc cetera, etc cetera. so if if we if we start just calling people out in front of a senior leadership on a call well are you forming a good relationship with people the answer is no mm-hmm. you're actually making them mad mm-hmm. and they're saying they're, they're, the first thing they're going to do when you call them out is call call you up as soon as the call ends and they're going to say dude why don't you tell me that why are you telling me this in front of the boss? Mm. So here's the deal. You should not ever have to throw someone under the bus without plenty of warning, right? 
without plenty of them to, to know and expect and be prepared with an answer, that's what you should be doing. It's kind of like that escalation of counseling that I talk about. Like you yeah. start off by just saying, hey man, you were late, you know, what's up? And then you go yeah. all the way to like, okay, if you're late again, and, and there's a whole slow escalation or depending on how fast you need to get it done. But with this one, it's the same thing. You say, hey Echo, you know, you're, you're part of the project. Well, do you need help right now? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You, you don't seem up to speed. And then it then we escalate to hey echo you just missed another you know target date this is the second target date you've missed we get we got a problem mm-hmm. and then it's hey echo do you not have the supports you need what do you need because this isn't working out and then it's look the only way I'm going to be able to do this is we got to bring this up to the boss I think you need more people mm-hmm. and and that's another important thing is is you frame it you frame it in such a way that it's not hurting them, but it's actually helping them. So I, I might say on the call, hey, you know, uh, uh, Alpha team is working really hard, but they need more X, Y, and Z to get the job done. So, uh, you know, I think we should give Echo and Alpha team more X, Y, and Z. Okay, because he missed a date, and, and I know they're working hard. Or you say, you know, I think we need more people allocated over to Alpha team. I, I think they've been overtasked. And they could use some support, so let's give them some more people. Or you can even say, I'm moving two people from my team over to Alpha Team temporarily to give them some additional capacity over there because their task is more demanding than what I've been assigned. Mm. So all of those things are letting everyone know, bringing the problem to the attention of the of the group so that now you say, actually, Jocko, here's what's going on. I don't need two more people. I need four more people. Mm. Or you, know, you say, okay, um, hey, I don't need anyone else. If you're one of those people, the ego gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. You say, I don't need anyone else. And people say, okay, well, you missed two time marks. You missed two, you know, dates. Well, I don't need any more people. Okay. Okay, well, let's see if you can if you can make this ne- next date, then I guess you don't. But if you miss another date, well, then I guess you need more people. Mm-hmm. So we, we move through it like that. So yeah, you do have to discuss things. You can do, you can discuss these things. You can bring them up in a way that they are not offensive. To, to people they don't throw them under the bus but they do however signify that the bus is around <laughs> and that if we aren't careful you might get hit you by the bus and you got to yeah. give people plenty of warning it's the same thing with same thing I've talked about in the past with skipping the chain of command mm-hmm. you know you shouldn't be skipping the chain of command unless unless you've given so much warning and you do it in such a way that you know they they actually know it's going to happen they expect it's going to happen they kind of agree with you mm-hmm. So be careful with those things. Again, if someone's doing something immorally legal, unethical, and you skip the chain of command because you've already tried to solve them and they're not doing it, well, mm-hmm. then you might have to just go get some. Because <laughs> if you're you're culpable, <laughs> yeah. if you don't, yeah. So form good relationships with people. Don't form antagonistic relationships. You know, I just had a conversation with a guy when I was in in Boston, similar situation. But you know, he he was saying he there was a situation he was in, and. What he said was politically It was he didn't want to address it because politically if he dressed it it might explode and I said well if it if the if it address if you address the situation It's like a classic case. I know how to do this more efficiently this experienced person doesn't want to try my method Okay, and I said well, why don't you present him with the method and say um, you know, hey, here's here's how we should do this and he says no I don't want to do that because the person that I want to get to use the new method 
is really close friends with the boss and if, if I form that bad relationship, it's gonna be bad. And I go, would that affect your overall mission, to your ability to do the mission, to have bad relationships, not only with your immediate boss, but with your boss's boss? And he's like, yes, it would. And I go, then it doesn't sound like a good plan. <laughs> there you go, there's your answer. Because even though you have a better method and you might say like a direct, a, a person with a direct train of thought mindset would say, no, you go, you tell the boss's boss that this is the method and we're gonna be more efficient if we do it this way. Well, now you've just exploded a, a bomb on yourself yeah. and it's gonna be bad. So I gave him the classic, hey, why don't you say, listen, I think I've thought of a new method. I think we might be able to get some efficiencies out of it, but since I'm not ex- ex- as experienced and don't know the systems as well as you do, I would love to get your feedback on how it works. I think that you're the, the only one that could really know how to do this because you're so experienced and smart and brilliant <laughs> awesome. and all that stuff and awesome. Yeah. And you try and feed him some of the new methods so that he can try it and either say, yeah, this stuff's pretty good, or you know what? There's some things that you didn't realize, young buck, and we gotta get them fixed. So, check. Try and form relationships, positive relationships, not antagonistic relationships. If you throw people under the bus, you're not forming good relationships. Check. Especially that surprise one, that's rough. Mm. Dang. Yeah. Next question. <clears throat> to give you a little backstory, I tried my first jujitsu class last week, and during the rolling part of the class, happened to get matched up with another white belt who has been going to the gym for over a year. During the roll, I got thrashed around a bit and tapped to what I've been told was called a cross collar choke. I ended up getting gi burns on my neck and my face. That's the game right there. <sighs> as well as getting my lips split. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> Having trained Muay Thai and sparred for a couple of years, I'm used to physical pain, and that's and that didn't exactly bother me. What did bother me was the marks that, that were left on my face, which in addition to just not looking good, I can't have because my job requires that I meet with clients face-to-face, and these clients might make judgments and assume I was in a street fight. I also think the white belt I was rolling with went a little too hard on me. But I don't know enough about jiu-jitsu to determine whether or not people go full speed every roll. I know that in Muay Thai box- in boxing, normally we try to tone down the intensity level for newbies, especially the first time they spar. So my questions are, one, does jiu-jitsu normally leave you with lots of marks or scrapes on your face? I don't mind occasionally getting them, but can't go home with them after every class. That's A. Or first question. Second question. Do people normally go full speed in rolling? And if not, how do I get him to stop without sounding like a giant wimp? Okay. So number one, does BJJ normally leave you with lots of marks or scrapes on your face? The answer is no, not normally. (laughs) Will you occasionally? Yes, you will actually, you will get dinged up. You'll get black eyes, you'll split your lip, you'll have gi barns on your face, you'll get scratched. Yeah, that's gonna happen. It's, but it's not regular. Yeah, it's not regular. It's what do you think? Once every three weeks on your face and neck. Yeah, once every three weeks. Once every three weeks. Maybe it's, four weeks. Yeah, yeah, once maybe once a month. You have something visible while you're wearing a suit yeah. presenting to clients. Given the normal amount of training, you know, yeah, like training, if you're training once a day, straight up competitive, you know, mode two times a day, okay, five yeah. days a well, week, then it does. more, of course. Then but, it, yeah. Then, yeah, it's more. But normal training, yeah. Um, and then the next question is, do people normally go full speed in rolling? And if not, how do I get him to stop without sounding like a giant wimp? So 
This is actually funny. <laughs> because if you think about it, think about this. He's kind of complaining in a way that the other person was going too hard, right? Yes. And yet, he didn't tap to this until his face was scraped and got thrashed around. So what I'm saying is, it takes two people to escalate a situation, Mm -hmm. and without knowing it, he escalated the situation because he resisted as hard as he could. He's only been training for a day, and he's going in there fighting like crazy mm-hmm. instead of just relaxing and being like, "Hey, you know, I've only been, tra- I've never trained before. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna choke me out? Cool. Yeah. You know, instead of learning and relaxing, mm. uh, you you allow yourself to get caught up in the primal instinct of fighting for your life, which yeah. is what happens <laughs> when people start jujitsu. Yeah. The primal instinct takes over, and mm-hmm. it's also ego. And, and the will to win, it takes over, and they just want to f- go so hard, and they can't believe that this little guy's choking me, they're not gonna let it happen. Yeah. So that is actually your ego. And, and it's also your ego, and I, I tell people all the time, one of the main reasons people get hurt in jiu-jitsu is because of ego. Mm-hmm. You either don't tap, number one, mm-hmm. which is just stupid, or you, you don't say no to rolling with people that you know you shouldn't roll with. Mm-hmm. Th- that's it. And when I say don't tap, it's like it has to do with with the way you're rolling too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just gonna fight everything so super hard yeah. because you want to win, well, then you're gonna end up having a much higher chance of getting injured. Mm-hmm. So I fall into that sometimes too. You know, if I'm it, like I had a hurt knee the other day, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe like a month ago, my knee was a little hurt, and. I was rolling, but I hadn't been doing a lot of stand-up, and all of a sudden I was escalating with whoever, with like a- Andy or someone, yeah. and all of a sudden I was standing, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to give up the position, right? Sure. Yeah. And as I'm standing there, I'm like, oh, this is your ego right now. You, you, you have no reason to sit here and fight on the feet where, you're, where your knee is actually bothering you. Mm-hmm. Just don't be an idiot and just s- s- pull a guard. Mm-hmm. And and so no big deal, right? Okay, pull guard. It's, whatever. Did you pull guard? I did. Yeah, because I was realized I was being stupid. Mm-hmm. And if I'm there, I am. I've been healing, and I'm almost good to go. And now yeah, I'm going to yeah. jeopardize it because I just I, yeah. I want to stand up and get some, right? Yeah, I want to win. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. So that is what you have to do. You have to put your ego in check, and that is a huge part of jujitsu. That's one of the things that makes jujitsu so impactful. It's, it's so humbling. Your ego can't withstand it. And despite how hard you fought against this guy in this question, that guy was still going to tap you out. You didn't stand a chance. You didn't stand a chance. Yeah, my first class versus a guy who'd been rolling for over a year. Over a year. Yeah. You don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance. Yeah. You don't. So what, what you want to do is you want to learn. Mm-hmm. So put your ego aside. Relax. Talk. And if you get someone that's going, so you don't want to sound like a wimp, that's what gets you hurt. Right. What's cool is when somebody's 58 years old mm-hmm. and they're on the mat and some some 22-year-old blue belt that weighs 80 pounds more than them says, hey, you want to roll? And the, the older dude says, no, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not rolling with you because yeah. their ego is in check. Yeah. And they realize that's not going to get them anywhere. Yeah. Rolling with this big idiot. Yeah. That's not going to get them anywhere. So they're saying, no, I don't want to roll with you. Their ego is fine. They yeah. get they're over it. Yeah. So put your ego in check. You won't get marked up a lot. And people people will go full speed if you're going full speed. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. The harder you go, the harder the other person's going. Yep. You want to go in there and get to a level seven death match with every person you roll with? You're going to get them. Yeah. You're going to get them. <laughs> Especially with people that are yeah. around your level. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because if the person's yeah. a purple belt or a brown belt or a black belt, you can go nuts on them. It doesn't even matter to yeah. them. They're just going to be laughing at you. Although you can you can offend them. And I've seen some black belts and some good jujitsu practitioners that get offended if someone attacks them with fury like they have a chance. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, cool. You want to be like that? I'm going to smash you. Yeah. And, and I've done that from time to time. You yeah. know, where someone just, they're, they're in there, they're like, they think it's their day or whatever, yeah. and they think they're going to get you. Yeah. And you go, oh, you're not going to get me, but now, you've, now you're going to get got. Yeah. And it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that tends to happen, though. Not if you're well within the confines of just jujitsu stuff. Like, um, but if you start to drift towards the edges of etiquette. So, like, let's say, like, if, I, if, if you know, I'm going to spar with you, and today's my day, and I start stiff arming you hard and doing that kind of stuff stuff that's it's legal but it's like yeah for sure you shouldn't you know it's like that kind of stuff that'll make a higher belt mad i think well, yeah, and you it, are it correct depends, you are correct just someone going just someone going level nine psycho yeah instead of just being oh you you want to roll hey yeah. cool you, hey we, we're gonna use strength i get yeah. that i get that we're gonna use strength that's the way it works that's part yeah. of the game that's why we work out right yeah i get that we're gonna go fast i get that that's cool yeah. but you want to just go level nine psycho cool that's yeah. it's not going to work out good. Yeah, and uh, just cruise, man. Have a good time. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm a huge advocate of cruising for <laughs> sure, um, but I'm I'm I support like guys going hard it's for even, sure. Even like young guys. I mean, like where where this guy. But but the thing is, this guy's saying, how does he stop it? Yeah, the way you yeah. stop it is uh, by uh, relaxing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. full support of people going hard. Yeah, you know, and I go hard. Yeah. Right. I go. I, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I train hard for sure, but um, like if I don't know you, yeah, and you want to just go level nine, cool. Yeah. We'll go level there nine. You go. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's all a, it's all the the spectrum of of jujitsu, and also, I get it though. Like you know, he doesn't want marks all over his face all the time. For I mean, t- to me, you don't even have to say because of work. You just say I don't want. F- Marks all over my neck and my face all the time, you know. That's weird because that's or, actually what I do. It <laughs> kind of feel, it's cool, but you know how like okay, so I don't wear a mouthpiece anymore. So every once in a great while, like I'll bite my tongue yeah, on the side, sucks. and then you can't eat yeah, for a few days. A Not that good. Yeah, it's or you ever get your You're jaw kind of exaggerating, like, but <laughs> you can't eat try, for a few days. No, eat. it hurts to eat ketchup. Yes. Next question. <laughs> Salad with Italian dressing really yeah, stings. Hurts. Yeah. yeah, that's more. You're right. You're right. Eat for a couple. That's exaggerating. But or if you get like. A jaw, like this is what I'll get. My yeah. common one, you'll get your jaw whacked, like by right, a right. knee or something. The incidental side stuff. hurts real hard, so, real bad. Yeah, so you can't bite down on that yeah, side. I don't like that. So, yeah, so you kind of can't eat for like a week. You got to you got to you got to drink through gentle. a straw. <laughs> anyway, um, but so yeah, I get it. But just like how you said, man, it's that ego, and I'm in support of ego. It's kind of sure. what gives jujitsu and doing jujitsu its luster. Yeah. Really, the guy, like guy going, like, what if I roll with you? And I tap you out, but you were not going hard at all. I don't want to do that. I'd rather get tapped out by you every single time than tap you out when you weren't going hard. As far as like my jujitsu yeah. journey kind of journey. thing. Yeah. But but at the same time, like, bro, if you don't want that beef, if you don't want to go with some big guy going hard, Brad, just say, sorry, bro. I mean, no disrespect. The main concern is not disrespecting the guy. Like, you know how you, I've asked people to roll. And I know I may be a little bit more big or whatever than like the average guy. Right. So I'll ask someone to roll and they, they won't even answer. They'll just look away. <laughs> Straight up look away. 
And I'm like, okay, I, I really got to kind of understand, okay, maybe they just don't want that beef and they don't know how to say it to me respectfully, you know? I've never had anyone like look away. That's weird. Yeah. I had a After time. After you asked them? I Okay. I asked a guy to roll and he acted like he didn't hear me and looked away. Hmm. I went to the next guy of standing up to maybe that kind of helped, didn't help my situation, but whatever. Um, I asked the guy right next to him. Same exact thing. He acted like, oh, he was kind of in a conversation. And then all I mean, I got a little bit frustrated. I said, I said, so no one, want, no one's rolling here. That's what I said. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Everyone's saying that no one's rolling. And then like someone rolled with me, I think, or whatever, it was a little while Dang, ago. But the intimidator. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Of course, at the time, it's a little bit frustrating. And this is kind of part of the point where if they didn't want to roll, because maybe whatever, I was too big and they were like small or something like that, then you can tell the guy, hey, look, respectfully, like, I don't want to roll with you. I fear injury. I fear whatever. I fear marks on my face or whatever. Bro, no problem. I dig it and I understand. Mm. Even if there's no one else to roll with. But you're saying have the respect to tell you the truth. That's the thing. Because your ego you needs the little pump of like they're scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the opposite though? Nonetheless, uh, yeah. I, that's that's the thing though. Like you, that's what you have to, in my opinion, you have to address. Yeah. Like, and the other thing, the other thing about this, and I, because I, I may have, the that being said, like if someone wants to roll with you, if you're a healthy human being, man, get it on. That's you know what I'm saying. Bro, that's what I was saying at, yeah. when, when that like, happened. I get it if you have a situation, and this is one that I need to. I always have to watch out for. Like if I have a, let's say I'm injured, and let's say I normally do. 10 rounds nine rounds eight rounds like that's my normal training Dang, that's and, and when I'm injured I'll be like, okay, I'm only gonna do like four rounds mm-hmm. I'm only gonna do five rounds, but then someone's like let's get one more. Yeah, and that's the hardest thing for me is to say No, because my instinct all the time is like oh if someone wants to roll. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get it on that's You want to roll with me? Let's get it on Yeah, and so and I, I uh, yeah again, this is all part of it and to and this is a total opinion or philosophy or whatever, but yeah, that's how it should be. That's what I think too. That's how it should be. You know, like if I ask you to roll and you're just sitting there during the rolling part of, of training and you're just sitting there essentially waiting for someone to ask you to roll, really right. that's what it is, Right. you know, and you like turn your head, then why are you here? Like you're only going to roll with you asked me to guys? roll and I was like, Hey man, I got a tweak knee. I can't roll anymore yeah. today, man. No, no, you're yeah, good with that. Fine. Yeah. hundred percent. You go home and like, I chalked that up as a win. Against yep, chocolate. Yep, that's what I would do. hundred percent. But yes, no, I, I'm talking about being selective with who you roll. Like I won't roll with him because he'll tap me out. I won't roll with him oh, because that's totally he goes, lame, yeah. he goes hard and I'll get tired. You I don't want to roll with him. I want to roll with scary. the toughest people. Yeah. Okay. Right? And again, that's like your philosophy. And I agree with that. But if you're like being selective, like that guy's too big and advanced, he might mess me up. Look, if you're if you're concerned about actual injury, that's one thing. But if you're like like the, basically the situation that I explained I was in, and this is what this is what I think, given all the all the information I kind of gathered from the situation, they didn't want to roll with me because I was maybe I don't know big or intimidating. Were you higher belts than them? Yes. That's really weird then. No, but see, and that's what I thought too. I was like, well, maybe that's Because then honestly, why are you here? if you're here a lower learn. belt, if you're a lower belt and you're smaller, you have absolutely nothing, no shame in getting tapped out by a 
big that, dude that's a higher belt than you. That's what I was saying. Because I, I was talking to my brother and did Greg you, about it. Did you do it. a breath check before you went in there or something? Maybe a <laughs> gee check? Maybe you just smelled really bad and no one wanted to roll with you. No, bro, because <laughs> the fact is I did do those checks. I do them every single time. That's why I know. But I talked to my brother and Greg about this. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to be understanding, you know, but at part, the first part of the conversation. Did they roll with Greg Train? Oh no! no. I don't think Greg was there at that time. Greg Train, you might, you might, you might underestimate Greg Train. Yeah. You might be like, oh, just roll with this little guy. Nah, you see his ears. You're like, I I want that beef. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to them like the next day or something, so they weren't there. But um, so Greg was saying the same thing as you. He's like, nah, nah, you don't do that stuff. Why are you even here then? You know. But Jade brought up a good point. He said, well, it doesn't matter why you think they should be there. They're there. They pay their membership, oh, and they're there point. to learn jujitsu. They have the right to train with whoever they want, Dang. and they have the right to not train with whoever they don't want to Jay train. With. Charles with the free will. Right, it's true, and that. But that that very thing applies to this guy right here. Casting etiquette out yeah. the window. Jade Charles. Right, yeah, and that <laughs> that's kind of the counter-argument, which is legitimate, by the right. way. There is the etiquette of the mats. It's like right. it's like if you go to a 24-hour fitness gym or whatever, you're the guy. You're not, I mean, now nowadays they have a sign that says re-rack your weights, but, you know, there's certain things that you just you just got to do for the etiquette. You know, you know you Akbar? You know Akbar? Yeah, of course. We okay. came up together. Akbar, yeah, he's a beast, right? Yes. And he fights at 155, so he'd walk around at 170. Strong. Yeah. And not he, scared he, to sh- not use not it. scared, but you know he, he and I would have wars, wars, total wars every single time, mayhem, and we had a pact always. Sure, is that I will roll with you no matter what, yeah. no matter what is going on. Yeah. I will roll. I will. I will roll with you. <laughs> and it was always like he'd come in yeah. for for me. It was you know I'd roll in from either work or I'd be done training with a bunch of people and then he'd show up or for him it was he'd be done with like a crazy sparring session. Yeah. But yeah, so I was I always told him. No matter what, I'll roll with you. Yeah, because, yeah. and the reason I told him that is because I didn't want to roll with him. Yeah, because it was always freaking hardcore. Yeah. It was always because he moved all the yeah. time and he was yeah. so strong and so fast <laughs> yeah. and bony. Yeah, and his submissions are savage. And he was a guy that I was, I'd like. I didn't want to roll with him, and that's exactly why I made a pact with him. Yeah. I would always roll with him. You gotta do it. <laughs> you want that beat? Yeah, yeah, because it is. A, it's a siege to roll with it, and there's guys like that. And you know, like, you know, it's funny, you know, Taylor and Andy, by the way, mm-hmm. they're like that if you make it like that. But if you don't, well, you might be different because you're kind of in a different position. But when you roll with them, if you start to go light, they'll just go light yeah. the whole time, by the way. <laughs> but if you turn up the heat, then they'll turn up the heat. And it's like, boom. But yeah, that's that's a big thing where like some guys, man, you're like, OK, I got to get mentally ready to do this, you know, because they, they just bring a lot. Yeah. You know? And it depends how your game matches up with them. Too. Yeah. You yeah. know, your game matches differently with different people. Yeah, that's true too. Big time. But yeah, this get this this guy, um, you know, does it normally leave you with lots of marks? Not really. I think you're right. And but the more the more, you know, ambitious, hungry uh, white belts you roll with, mm-hmm. with the gi, yeah, the more marks. You, and you the more you, the more your ego forces you to fight them as if it's a death match. Yeah. Level nine. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And then do people go full speed? You know, what, 50-50 maybe? Well, as far as I actually, full speed, no. Technically, it's no, all it's full all speed, speed, right? Yeah, That's the yeah, thing. Like, yeah. can you cruise? Like, I always do a warm-up, one warm-up round with Andy. No yeah. one else. With Andy and Dean, Dean won't do a warm-up round with me because that's when he right, attacks right. me that's with his... full strength. <laughs> D- Andy is awesome, and we yeah. always do one round just to break a sweat. We're just cruising, and then the next round we'll go 
marathon. And yeah. when we go, I mean, we go, I guess maybe there's some gradation at the high end of the spectrum. And I will recognize a difference between that. Like, let's say, for instance, you say, like, I'll, I'll know I don't want to let Andy pass my guard today, right? Yeah. Like, for, for, like, a legit reason. Like, I think he's got some new offensive move that I see him pulling off. And I go, well, if he gets this position on me today, I'm going to be in a real bad situation. Yeah, yeah. So he's not passing my guard. So then he'll feel like I'm going harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... A lot of times you oh you pass my guard okay cool whatever now you're cross side now I'm trying to escape that what you know what I mean it's it's it's, that's like when you're competing when you're when you're when someone is competing with you in jujitsu especially with the gi it's so noticeable in a competition how hard they grip everything and how you can't get a millimeter of movement that that you don't have to fight for yeah so you can't simulate that in you can't simulate that level of intensity yeah. on the mats. Yeah. That only comes in competition. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, hard. Yeah, in the, in the tra- on the training mats. But in a way, and I, t- I talked to Greg about this a lot, where it's kind of, you know how like someone's being super stubborn? Like for what, w- the day I was talking to him, this is what I was talking about. Like the guy who you get a sweep on him or something, and they don't, it's almost like they're not even fighting jujitsu anymore. They just want to skit to their feet and stand up because mm-hmm. they don't want to play on the bottom. Right, these guys. So I was talking to that uh, him about that, and that it was kind of frustrating or whatever. And he was like, "Hey, bro, like that's like that's kind of his job. His yeah, job no, is to a, like I, give you an accurate representation yeah. of somebody giving you trouble in whatever way." Yeah, and I was if, about to tell. That's the same thing that Jade Charles said. Like, if that guy, if you allow that guy to get to your feet, then that's bad. As a matter of fact, I went through this cycle with Dean where. I realized that I wasn't giving Dean a good representation yeah. because every time he had some good guard passes that he would do from a little bit of a distance and and they were working well. And then I said, well, why don't I just stand up? Yeah. And so then I just started standing up and then all of a sudden he realized he couldn't give me that much space, which messed up that guard pass, which yeah. put us back to both getting better yeah. because we were improving the, the techniques that we were each using. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes now... Have you ever rolled with someone that you um, they're just not doing they're 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 just they're just not engaging yeah right so, they're, yeah. They're, they're not engaging yeah. and that could be that can be a little bit frustrating yes and sometimes I do that <laughs> yeah but that's part of an overall strategy it is part though. of an overall yeah. strategy but yeah oh yeah hundred percent like the guy the guy who's not because and it, again this goes back to why you're doing jujitsu to begin with though mm-hmm. so let's say if you if you're doing it like to to compete in a tournament a guy not engaging that's part of your training right there too yeah that is but if you're like you know if this is a fight and you know if you like all elements and let's say you're focusing on like a self defense situation and the guy's not engaging then yeah you might as well be like I am yeah. I might as well train with it somebody is good else. you're right it is good because also I've gone with like some wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That they know they're let's say they're a purple belt in jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and they're doing a five-minute round with you And they're just their yeah. their goal is to just avoid yeah. mm-hmm. and not get tapped out and they're not really gonna roll jiu-jitsu with you yeah. They're just gonna avoid and not get tapped out. Yeah. They're not gonna progress like they, oh they get the double leg now They're in your guard. They're gonna sit there and hold your hips. Yeah, so, so they're gonna sit there So yeah. for me what I have to do I need to have some moves to get yeah. them out of the out of that situation Yeah, got to take some ownership for that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, just like the guy who doesn't like tap some who's strong and doesn't tap you know, so he either forces you to like injure him or let go, kind of thing. Yeah, it, that's kind of the same thing. Where it's 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 a weird dichotomy though, because like, what do you do now? Now it's kind of up to you. You know, the guy. Okay, so if the guy doesn't tap, right, and you kind of get mad, I'm like, tap. You're gonna force me to injure you. You know, you have to take that training as as this realistic training where this guy is giving you a very accurate look. Mm-hmm. Where 
Sure, you can choose to injure him. Now it's on you. You chose to injure him. Sure, and whatever you chose, you chose, especially if he was giving you less of an option. Or you just let him go and understand that, yeah, I understand accurately, you got to be honest with yourself, that I would have had that submission. I could have injured mm-hmm. him. But don't be all mad because... No. You know, that's just your ego. You know, you should adapt and give me that win in training. You know, like don't do <laughs> that. Cares, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep your mind. Wait, but you said who cares? Come on, bro, come on. I said that's we, your ego we, talking. I know, but bro, you care though. I care. What if someone? If someone, because one time out, the reason I was talking to, well, I was talking to Greg again about it, about um, a guy I was rolling with who didn't want to tap, and I was mad because he was forcing me to either injure him. Or he wasn't going to give me that that win in training. So what'd you do? I let him go. Mm-hmm. Bro, one time, and it was a white belt. He started going hard. You know how this is just a white twin. belt? Like what What submission was it? I'm talking about another story now. I totally okay, switched I mean, stories. Okay, because I'm just saying like. Kimura, he, the both. Okay, so the, the original story dang, I was talking. That's talking an idiot you. not tapping to a Kimura. Yeah, he was strong. But, um, so maybe you didn't really have it. Bro, I I had it, bro. It's I'm not weak either. That's the thing. So he's strong, and I'm like, okay, it's to here, it's to here, it's here. It it didn't matter. It, I knew I knew with certainty where it's like, okay, I'm gonna have to injure the mm-hmm. person now. Um, and you know he didn't tap, but Greg made a good point where it's like that's his job. You know he's giving you an accurate look of what it's like. So at the end of the day, sure, I could have chose to injure him, and then. It's partially his fault, but the thing is, I can't account for whether it's his fault or not. I'm accounting for what training I'm getting, by the way. What training I'm getting? Not, com- you know, it's not a competition. It's not on the street. Switching stories. I'll make it quick. To it was a white belt I was rolling with. He was going nuts, and I took it personal. Back to what we were talking about. What earlier. belt were you at this time? Purple. Dang. So I was taking it personal. I was like, well, "How dare you try to go nuts on me?" Like just doing stuff. It was all within the confines of etiquette, but he was going a little bit too hard. Right. Later, I found out that's just his style, by the way, which is a total innocent thing. But at that time, I was like, "No." I was like, oh, "Okay, you want to go hard? I'm going to go hard." And I injured him. Here's the thing: I injured him with a submission because I went di- Kimura again, yeah. and not that I did it necessarily so hard that I hurt him, but he had a bad shoulder. Yeah, and I didn't really. I, know. He was I, like, "No, no, it's okay. I had a bad shoulder to I begin with." And I, was like, I don't Dang. think I've. I was gonna say I've never injured anyone with a submission, but I have injured a couple people. Uh, one of them. Did I injure you? Yeah, my rib, man. Oh yeah, but that's no, just rolling, I injured though, myself. right? Yeah, that's yeah, just that's rolling. True. No, but I'm saying with a submission locked in, right? Yeah. The the times I've done it is I can only think of one off the top of my head, and it was a guy like you said just had pre existing shoulder injury that was yeah. like that was like ah tap, and then I'm hurt. And then my shoulder's bad. Right. Like, bro, you're rolling with me? Yeah. Tell me. And it was a, it was a black belt, you know? Yeah. And I was like, bro, come on. I, not a guy I'd seen in a while. Yeah. But I just go, you know, big, strong guy. Yeah. Got, got the computer and I put it on. And all of a sudden he's like, ah, yeah. and injured. Yeah. And and I just said, bro. And it was I mean, I know the complete limitations of where it's right. injury or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And I was not there yet at all. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I got a bad shoulder. I should have told you. Yeah. 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 And that's actually why I felt really guilty because I did. I was like, oh, you want to go hard? So I did it hard. I wasn't trying to hurt him. Mm -hmm. But if he had a bad shoulder, which he did, I understand it hurt him. And that doesn't surprise me that it hurt him. And I shouldn't shouldn't have went that hard to begin with as far as like going. I know how to do Ikimura good. Yeah. And and, and just kind of to clarify my earlier statements, like when somebody goes level nine on me, it doesn't mean I'm like out to, you know, I just, I just, no, I just go, I just apply level 
if they're at level nine, I'm going to apply level nine point one back to them and put them. <laughs> yeah. in, and actually, usually I, I do something to them that forces them to calm down. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just I'll get across side and be like, hmm, yeah, yeah. keep spazzing, yeah. keep going nuts right now. I'm yeah, just going to be here. We're cruising. Yeah. At level 9.1, but just... Level 9.1, but completely cruising. <laughs> yeah. Because they can't move. They, they're freaking yeah. bucking and going crazy and getting nuts, and then you're just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Check. But yeah, I still feel guilty about that day. I'll never do it again. Next question. Hi, Jocko. I have read your book, Extreme Ownership, from cover to cover, and I learned fr- a lot from it. And I have a question that bothers me. The question is, how can I be noticed by the people and get chosen for a leader? Okay. Kind of a, another question that I hear. You know, people get worried that if they're just kind of putting their head down and working, then they were not going to get noticed. How do I get noticed? Right, how do I become right. a leader? Stop worrying about being noticed. Mm. That, that's number one. Stop worrying about being noticed and keep working hard. Stop worrying about being chosen as a leader if your goal is to get chosen as a leader. No. Work hard. Actually work really hard and then put the team first. So all these thoughts and efforts that you have around getting noticed and being recognized, instead of having them focused on being recognized and being noticed, put those thoughts on making the team successful. (laughs) Wow, right? Wow, put the team first, that's what I'm saying. Right now, with this question, you're actually putting yourself, your self-recognition above the team. So instead of thinking about that, think about how you can help the team win. And the more of a team player you are, the more people will want to work with you. The more you help the team win, the more people say, I want you on my team. And eventually they say, okay, you know what? I want you to lead this team because you want this team to win so bad. We want you to lead this team. Mm -hmm. So that is what you do. Now, that being said, right, there's always... There's always a balance because I'm not saying that you sit back and just and keep your fingers crossed that if you work hard, someone's going to notice you. Now, with this guy who's all worried about being noticed, don't worry about being noticed. You're going to get noticed if you work out and put your head down. But there's some people that they're, they're so, they might be so humble that they're not going to get noticed for what they're doing. So how do you overcome that? Well, this doesn't mean that you sit back and you're passive. There's a, and I'll tell you the best way to stand out or one of the best ways to stand out is volunteer. Mm. Volunteer for everything that comes up and then crush it. The crappy jobs that no one wants, volunteer for those things. That's what I used to see. I used to see the, the young new guys in the SEAL teams. That's how you tell. You get some crappy job, you walk out to a, a group of guys going through training, a bunch of platoon guys, and you're, hey, I need three guys. There'd be like, two new guys that would just be like, their hands would be up before you could get done saying the sentence. Mm. And you just see the look on their face. What do they yeah, want to do? Yeah. They just want to win. And you just, I love those guys. <laughs> They're just like, oh, I'll do that. Hey, what, hey, I need a couple guys to boom, their hands are up. You don't even know, you know, gonna say, go clean the sewer out. Yeah, they don't yeah. care. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. volunteering for everything. And you that's know, when good. I got to, when I got to the team, that's what I did. Volunteered for every, as a matter of fact, I volunteered to be a radio man because I'd heard that it was a really hard job that no one wanted. Hmm. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that job. You got a job that's really hard, no one wants, carrying a heavy weight, you don't get to shoot it, <laughs> right? You get to carry an M60, there's a major benefit to that. That is you get to unload massive amounts of firepower. Mm. You carry a radio, you're just sitting around with batteries. It's kind of hardcore in a different way, huh? It is, it is, and I luckily I got, I got told two things. Number one, that no one wanted that job, and number two, that if you were a radio man, you'd go on every mission, because they always need a radio man. And I said, oh, well, that's me. I wanna go on every mission. So I'll take I'll carry that radio, but that that and everything you know you just volunteer for everything. So that's that's one of the best ways that you can make a good impression is by volunteering for stuff and then crushing it. And eventually people look at you and they say, "Oh, this guy doesn't care what we give him. He's going to crush this task." And you know what? People like working with him because he's worried about the team. And this person seems like a let's get let's give him a little task. Let him lead something. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you volunteer for something, you're volunteering for a leadership position. Hey, I need four guys. One of those people is going to be in charge, hmm. right? Four, it's not going to be four guys going equally into some thing, right? No, someone's going to be With in no charge. Direction. Yeah, yeah, someone's going to take charge of it. Be that person. Huh. Yeah, that's good. This um, when he said, "How can I be noticed?" So work hard. Know, yeah, but you know how it's like. Okay, that's that's what I want. I want to be noticed, right? So you ever walk into a bar or something? And a girl walks in, and she you can tell she's trying to be noticed. It's a bad look, man. So what I'm saying is you, like, if you're trying oh, to be I noticed, bro, saying. people yeah. can see that stuff. Like, yeah. this guy's just trying to be noticed right here. Yeah. And, it's, and it does the opposite, obviously. Yeah. And it, it, that's, yeah, you're right. That's the hardest thing to convince of people, convince people of, is yeah. the fact that if you're just, if you're just working hard, you'll mm. get noticed. You will get yeah. noticed. It's like um, you do something kind of good or whatever, brave. I don't know. Hey, look, did you guys all see how brave I was right there? Yeah. You know? Yeah, Brad. No, no one, one wants see you to be the leader right there. Yeah. It's like saying, hey, I'm like, hey, guys, that task, I did pretty good, right? I was really humble. No one's, no one's more <laughs> humble than me. No one's more humble than me. Stop worrying about you and think of helping the team and volunteer a bunch, and that's, that's where you end up yep. in a leadership position. Got time for one more? Yeah, might as well. Last question. Question for Uncle Jake from James, who's nine. Can you be weak but strong at the same time? Can you be weak but strong at the same time? Yes, you can. You can. Because you can be, for instance, you can be physically strong, but at the same time, you could be mentally weak or you could be the opposite you could be mentally weak but at the same time physically strong and I would love to be able to put a priority on one of those and I know I've said before that knowledge is the most important thing but the reality is if you don't have the strength or actually the health to back that up or even to function as a human being physically, then your knowledge and your mental strength doesn't really even matter. So that comes into play. And being big and strong is also totally useless if you're mentally weak and you quit. Now, being mentally strong should actually lead you to being physically strong because if you are mentally strong, then you can work and train to become 
physically strong. But if you're mentally weak, then you will not hold the line on the good foods and the good workouts and you won't get physically strong or healthy. So, can you be weak and strong at the same time? Yes, but I say be strong. Train your physical strength and exercise your mental strength by doing the right things, the hard things. The things you know you're supposed to do. Do them. And be as strong as you can mentally, physically, and emotionally for yourself, for your team, for your family. Hold the line. And be strong. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So, Echo Charles... Speaking of holding the line, mm-hmm. perhaps you could hold your portion of the line here and explain to people how they can support this podcast in the event that they would like to do so. Sure. Be happy to. Thanks for allowing me the opportunity. We'll talk about origin, right? American made, of course, from the beginning to end, American made. It's a big deal, actually. Also, supplements, right? Jocko supplements. Wait, American made what? What was that first part? Everything. I'm just saying that's like a disclaimer. Like Got everything it. I'm about to talk about from origin is American made, straight up. So people, you've been being asked about supplements for a while. Yeah. Probably from the yeah, beginning, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here you go. Here's some Jocko supplements for your joints. Krill oil, super krill oil. So not just krill, it's super krill oil. Jocko Super Krill Oil. Boom. Also, Jocko Joint Warfare. That's like a blend. Glucosamine? Chondroit? Is it chondroitin? Chondroitin. Chondroitin. Which comes from, you know where it comes from? No. Sea cucumbers. Dang. Didn't know that, did you? Uh, <laughs> I didn't. Actually, I think you mentioned it, but I don't, you know. Hey, we know now, and yeah. really that's what's important. Um, very good stuff, because I would say it is the main thing like joint supplements, like krill oil, you know, the, these are these supplements help me way more than any protein powder. And back in the, I used to take protein powder and, you know, these weight gainer things, and I don't even think that they helped, really. I'm not saying they don't help, but I, I just, you just don't. These, the joint stuff, krill oil, especially joint warfare, these things help you way more. And for longer, too, by the way. Nonetheless, there's also some geese on there and rash guards still all made in America from the beginning to the end. It's one thing to import material from, you know, other places, you know, and that's cool, too. I get it. And I dig it. But in the event of you wanting it, uh, you know, all the stuff to be made made in America, boom, originmain.com. Go on there. See what you like. Get something if you want. Also. Fitness gear. So I was, I was, you know, I'm into kettlebells now. I'm into other lifting too, of course. But kettlebells are, are, are a bigger part of my routine. And just slowly I kind of get more like, oh, you get stronger, you get the bigger one. I took a, I, st- I stood back the other day when I was lifting. 
stood back and looked at my setup. It's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have like the normal kettlebells. That's why I have this one. The point is, okay, so on it, that's where I get the kettlebells from. On it, there's some other cool stuff on there, but mine are all the primal bells. One few legend bells they're like the artistic ones obviously kind of when you sit back and you look look at your setup i think that's a big deal <laughs> when your setup is dope i'm just saying so yeah you want your setup to be dope go to on it get their kettlebells you can get the regular ones too see that and they're kind of understated and i dig it but no man i'm sticking with the werewolf i got that bigfoot one 90 pounds been doing some work with that one how big is yours my biggest is 40 kilograms. Yeah, That's yeah, only 88, 88 pounds. pounds. You yeah. might be getting two pounds stronger than me. Yeah, every single rep. <clears throat> so that's that's something. Cool. It's not nothing. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> anyway, onit.com slash Jocko. That's a good one. Same thing. Go on there. You like something? Get something. Good way to support. Also, when you buy these books that Jocko reviews from time to time, no book today. I understand. But... You want to buy any of those books on our website, jockopodcast.com, section called Books from Episodes, all the books by episode. Boom, click through there when you get them. And if you happen to do any other shopping, boom, click through there. Same thing, same deal, you know, because it takes you to Amazon and, you know, boom, that's a good way to support. Small action, big, you know, just a little click. Go in there, shop, boom, good way to support. Excellent way to support. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already seems obvious i know but you know sometimes you want to listen to one or two or whatever be like is it worth it to subscribe i think i think yeah subscribe you think so yeah i subscribe to this podcast yeah me too (laughs) and i i have the actual yeah might as well and that's a good way to support leave a review if you're in the mood too because i mean it makes sense you know where you figure, you know, people on Twitter, they'll say, like, if something's up, like, hey, you, you know, you, there was like, like a definition. Remember the, there was the, the one book, I, it's, I'm drawing a blank on which book, but it was a British one. Oh, and there was a mistake? No, there wasn't a mistake. There was the word knob. Yeah. Remember yeah, we called yeah, them a knob? knob. And I was mistake, like, what yeah. is the knob? Yeah. And then people on Twitter were like, boom, sending me, boom, boom, yeah. boom. So it makes sense, you know, feedback, man. People were all involved. You know, so yeah, if you want to leave a review, leave a review. If you're in the mood, don't have to, of course, but if you're in the mood too. Also, YouTube, subscribe to that one. We have a YouTube channel, Jocko Podcast. Pretty good one. On top of the video version of this podcast, we include little excerpts from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just little nuggets of, you know, how, especially with the Q&A, it's, it's good because it's like, okay, I don't want to listen to the whole Q&A even though I do mark them by timestamp and subject, but right. nonetheless, you you know, they're little where you can kind of share it with, oh, shoot, I remember my friend who needed some advice on jujitsu rolling or how to do good in college or whatever, you know, so you can just share it with them. They don't have to listen to the whole podcast. Anyway, ec- there are little excerpts we put on there. Some other stuff, too. Deleted scenes from time to time. <laughs> Might add another one of those. Anyway, point is subscribe to our YouTube channel um, if you want to. Also, Jocko is a store. It's called Jocko Store. JockoStore.com. On there, there are T-shirts, travel mugs, some bumper stickers. We might be out of bumper stickers. No, no, no. We have bumper stickers. Some women's stuff on there. Some shirts, of course. 
with la- I feel like we haven't talked about the layers on the shirts recently. Hmm. That's really disappointing to everyone or to may- not hear you talk about the layers on the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that in and of itself is a layer, right? You just don't talk about the layers. You just let them exist. Mm, layers. That's a layer in its own right. That's what I mean. Layers are just there. Yeah, exactly right. So that is go. pretty lame if you have to describe the layers. Yeah, it's like describing like the, the punchline of a joke. Kind right. Of. It's joke not a joke. Funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just a whack joke. Either way, some shirts on there. Um, also, rash guards. I think we're doing a Warrior Kid rash guard. Oh, nice. We're doing it with Pete. Oh, nice. American made. Warrior Kid. Rash guards. Nice. One side says win. The other side says learn. And the back says this is about everything. Dang. It's going to be good. Credit. <laughs> How far out are those from being released? Uh, we're narrowing down the cut, you know? Because mm-hmm. kids are, I was talking to Pete, he's like, kids are shaped different. They're yeah. just shaped kind of weird. So you got to kind of, there's some refining that kind of has to go into the shape. But yeah, that's more or less it. Um, also some, I said women's stuff, but yeah, some uh, hoodies. Hoodies should be, should be available. Nice. If not right this moment. Anytime. They're available this moment. They're coming. Yeah, yeah. Thick winter hoodies. Either way, and if you go on there and if if something's out, which especially now, like I'm trying, I'm really narrowing down my whole process there but if something's out of stock or whatever there's a little thing on there you just put your email in there i don't it's not a spam thing at all in fact a lot of people who sign up for our email list which is another thing like i don't really send much the point and not that that's a good thing but i'm saying you know sometimes i get contacted by these people (laughs) with their advice about stuff and i'm not not trying to say i'm like i'm not being arrogant right but they're the people that talk to me about like um uh, what is it? Building the, the oh the oh okay about the podcast like the brand yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah, should yeah, do yeah, more yeah, social media yeah no they say uh you know the one of the most valuable things you could do is get a email list you need to get a big email list then you can hammer them and stuff all the time and you, and you have them forever and I'm like <laughs> I'm like bro and I'm, I'm not you know yeah. we're not here to just like hammer people with uh whatever messaging yeah so yeah. but you can sign up for it. The email list that you made, I mean, I, what I put out like one thing or maybe two things on it. You put out maybe two things or three things. What yeah. you do? One thing you do that's good is you give. This is the, this is where it's beneficial. If you want something, you'll find out about it earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Something and also, store. you've yeah. let you've you've done some uh, polling. Like, hey, what color of this should we make? So that's yeah. It. Yeah, that, and that's really what it is. It's more like a direct line, like for yeah. people who like, like I care. Like if a new item comes out, item, something new on the store comes out, or something, something super relevant. Like I'm not gonna be like, hey, by the way, let me just send you this that you won't read, or I don't know. Like yeah. I won't just, I don't use it to, I don't think it should be used ever. But so I don't use it to try to like keep your attention mm-hmm. on my website. You know, it's not that. I figure I, I looked at it kind of like. I don't. Know, I forget if I heard someone say this or not, but it was. Re- it really made sense. Where, you know, when you sign up for an email list, mm-hmm. right? So a marketer, a quote unquote marketer, will mm-hmm. look at that and be like, okay, they just signed it, signed up to be marketed to, oh. right? So every time I enter in my email for like, do you want updates? You know, they give you. I never end my email for those things, which is kind of part of the point because yeah. you know I'm sign signing up right now for to spam. be marketing marketed yeah. to. So people are gonna sign up. They say, okay, I want to be marketed to. I'm not going to like abuse. It's like, I'm not going to 
instantly violate your Should trust. Should I by send out an email stuff. to people? If I just figure, if you truly believe that, like that's what they signed up for. No, 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 no. I'm saying, should I send out like an email of information or something yeah. to people? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yes. So That's what I should do. If if you think, okay, so think of me as like a, a person who's like, hey, yeah, well, I'll sign up for this email right. list. I'll, and so I put my email in there. And then, so now you're contemplating, should I send them an email? If you think that that, that email legitimately is what I want to get from you when I put my email, then yeah, send that okay. email. I don't even know what that is, so that's why I hardly send anything. I just figure, hey, if there's a new rash guard, especially when people on Twitter or Instagram, whatever, telling me, hey, do this for a rash guard, or hey, do this for a shirt, or where, when the hat's coming out, when the hoodie, you know, when's the hoodie? I've been, yeah. you know, waiting for the kids, size small, will warrior you email, kid. You, you, so for instance, this is a good one, you will email when the, when the new hoodies are available. Boom, you email everyone. Yeah, and actually I did one better where I don't even have to email everybody because what if people are like, I already have a hoodie. So yet they're on the list, so I'll do you one better. On the hoodie, on the store, when you click on the hoodie, yeah. you select a size and it's out, you can just be like, boom, put your email right there. You'll only get emailed if the hoodie gets back in stock in your specific size. Otherwise, you don't get nothing. I'm not going to bother your <laughs> inbox. Your inbox is sacred. Okay, just because you gave me the key doesn't mean I show up every day. Yeah. Okay. So we cool like that. Yeah, I think so. All right. I think that's the way to go. So the marketers, whoever's listening to this right now, that's that's like you're you're missing out on so much opportunity. Don't cool. violate people's yeah, trust. Yeah, we're not gonna violate people's trust for opportunity. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. Right there. Um check. but yeah, it's good. Jockostore.com. If you look a check check those things out, you know? If you like something, get something. Good way to support. Also, psychological warfare. If you don't know what that is, we all know what that is. Should I even mention what it is? Well, you should. Might as well. In case people don't know. All right. It's an album. Not a song album. Not a rap album. What is it? Like a, like a, it's an album with tracks. <laughs> Jocko tracks. And these tracks, what they are is, obviously you listen to them, audio tracks, right? iTunes, Google Play, uh, Amazon Music, anywhere where they sell mp3s so what they are is you, you you put it in when you're when you're trying to get it like you set a goal you're trying to get after it and you're having these moments of weakness diet workout uh, getting up staying disciplined create procrastination all this all these points of weakness that you can encounter there's a track for one of them boom you listen to it and it's boy it's kind of like jocko at your fingertips in a way where he's saying you're like, hey, Jocko, okay, so I have this luxury. I can call you up <laughs> and be like, hey, you know, tonight uh, I had a, I don't know, stressful day and I still got some work to do. I'm thinking of going to Vaughn's and getting some vodka. <laughs> I don't want, tomorrow, I don't want to look back and be like, I wish I wouldn't have drank vodka, but right now I really want to go get that vodka and it's very powerful and I think you'd do me some good, really some stress. I have the luxury of being able to call you up and be like, hey, boom, and then you can just tell me, explain to me pragmatically why I shouldn't do that. Thanks, Jocko, boom, I don't get the vodka. A lot of people don't have that. You get psychological warfare, you do have that. You just put in the track, boom. You'll wake up early every single time. If you're not feeling like waking up early, you'll wake up early. <clears throat> same thing with the workout, same thing with procrastination, all that stuff. Anyway, check them all out, see if you like it, get one of those. 100% effectiveness. If you still slack after listening to this, I said this before, I'll say it again. There's a problem. 
I don't think you will, so there is no problem. There you go. <laughs> Boom. That's a good one. Good support. Right on. Uh, also, you can get Jocko White tea on Amazon. Speaking of Amazon, you can get Jocko White tea. That you should drink it if you want to deadlift more than seven thousand eight hundred and fifty four pounds, because that's what you will be able to do as soon as you drink your first sip, guaranteed, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Jocko White tea tastes good and makes you feel good, and it's good for you. So get that. Books. I got some books. One of them is called Way the Warrior Kid. It's for kids, but I think we can all learn from it. I know I learned from it from good old Uncle Jake. Got a book called Extreme Ownership, which is a book about leadership, combat leadership, lessons learned. Also have a book called Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. Just came out October 17th. Um, I'm going to read you a little excerpt. First excerpt coming from the... And the reason I'm reading this is a few weeks ago there was a, a mass shooting in Vegas, horrible situation, and I deal talk about all kinds of different things in this book about my life, things I've learned, and one of the things, one of the sections in here is called immediate action drills. Here we go, back to the book. But we can't always avoid high threat areas, and sometimes the high threat area doesn't avoid us. In the world today, conflict and danger can occur at any time, anywhere. So it is important to maintain situational awareness at all times. Pay attention to your surroundings. Look at suspicious people. Look at unsuspicious people. What are they doing? Where are they going? What are they looking at? Assess. While you assess, think of contingencies. Where is your closest escape route? Where is the closest cover and concealment cover being a place to shield you from bullets and concealment being a place to hide? If you are maintaining situational awareness, you should be very hard to surprise if you sense something is going wrong or you sense a threat proactively move away from it walk to the other side of the street accelerate your car walk out the door don't wait for things to get worse if you do get surprised and are caught in a bad situation, act. If you can run away from an assailant, do it. If you can't run because they have a hold on you, attack them. Put all your training to use as quickly and as violently as possible. As soon as you can break free, do it and run. If shooting starts, get down. Call the police at the first opportunity. If the shooting is single shots being fired at a slower pace, run immediately and keep running. If the shooting is rapid fire, find some solid cover to get behind. Wait for a lull. When the lull comes, run. That may be your only chance. If you are trapped in a room with an active shooter outside, barricade yourself. If there, is no, if there is an ideal hiding place, hide. If not, prepare to attack them as soon as they enter the room. Get anyone in the room with you on board and ready to swarm the attacker. So those are some notes from where to start. And again, you can take training for those type of situations to a very high degree. But if you have no training, you need to know what to do in those situations that's that's why I put that in there. Um, you know, I'll read this one more little section because I get asked this all the time. I'll just the beginning of the section dealing with injuries and illnesses. 
what are you you are going to get injured you are going to get sick regardless of how careful you are in your training how clean you eat and how healthy you live you are still human injuries and illness will occur my theory for overcoming injuries and illness is simple do what you can if you are sick or injured don't use that as an excuse to skip workouts or stay in bed all day do what you can hurt your knee work your upper body work the good leg hurt your shoulder time to work on one-armed pull-ups and push-ups focus on your core and legs until your shoulder heals up tendonitis from using the grip too much sound like it's time to focus on sprinting and jumping plyometrics got a little cold flu same thing do what you can maybe it's just going for a walk a couple sets of sit-ups and push-ups but don't just stay in bed all day so go on to talk about some more of that this book is called discipline equals freedom and if you want to help spread the word on this um, go and buy from a local bookstore like an independent bookstore because when they sell these books they report it in such a way that it helps the book get recognized by some of the bigger media outlets and when it gets recognized by some of those big media outlets like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal that helps spread the word even more and I think that the word that's in this book should be spread because I think it's gonna help a lot of people and I think it's gonna help them live better healthier and more productive lives so you can get that book discipline equals freedom field manual also for your business we have echelon front leadership consulting it's me Leif Pabin JP Dinell, Dave Burke if you need our services to help you your business your team your leadership give us an email info at echelonfront.com and if you have questions or you have something you want to talk to us about here you want to keep this little conversation going you can still find us always on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram and on the Facebook echo is at echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and finally thank you to everyone for listening and supporting this podcast we truly appreciate it and for those of you in uniform thanks for providing the blanket of freedom that allows this podcast to be possible and for the first responders that protect us at home that drive and run towards danger thank you for keeping us safe and to everyone else out there on your mission to succeed to conquer to get better to win keep training keep fighting keep working and striving and grinding to do more than anyone thought you could more than even you thought you could keep your eyes on the target your head in the game and keep on getting after it 
So until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.